0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Recap, the Escapist weekly live show all about the latest in movies, TV, and streaming. This is episode number seven for October 4th, 2022. My name is Marty Sleva and I am joined by two people who would gladly lose an eye in order to gain a dragon, Darren Mooney and Nick Calandra. How are you guys this- doing? This wasn't run by me beforehand. Uh, it's I feel we should have talked this off mic. It's fine. It's fine. There's uh, there's also a Hammurabi law here, so one of us will have to lose an <laughs> eye as well, <laughs> if our mom says so. This, um, is, uh, this is how you... Uh, this is why you keep your glasses on at all times. It would exactly. Somewhat exactly. Protect against Yeah, that. this is why the three of us have glasses on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're goggles, yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> uh, Uh, Welcome everybody to uh, the recap episode number seven. We have an excellent show for you today. Uh, We're going to start off by recapping, uh, as the title says, uh, some of the latest uh, MCU news, which feels (laughs) like they tried to uh, 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 give us a couple like sweet treat announcements to gloss over the fact that uh, there seems to be some like major troubles with certain productions, such as Blade uh, set to film this month and losing its director, which that's not good. That seems like an important role for a movie to have. Um, And then we're going to give our thoughts on the latest episodes of Rings of Power and House of the Dragon and Andor, as well as just other stuff we've been watching, because you know what? There's stuff other than the IP stuff there is not a lot of it but there is stuff (laughs) on the IP stuff so yeah we'll be talking about that Um, also thanks to I already see people in the comments saying uh, I am getting over COVID I do feel a little bit better Um, this is probably going to be the most exhausted I'll be so I'm going to be probably laying off the gas a little bit and letting you guys talk but the good thing is you guys are so great at talking so that's going to be fine it's going to be easy peasy 20 minutes later
1: and Marty's like shut the fuck up guys! shut the fuck up
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, <laughs> laughing yesterday with Yatsian Slate something else because I was like I was looking up you know what people were saying about the acquisition news from us you know being acquired by Gamers and everything and uh, the first thing I found on Reddit was a uh, quick four the Quake Four stream I did with Jack a couple weeks ago and the first comment on there is Nick is a twat and I was like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I, I didn't feel a need to like uh explain Elaborate. they, they, they to show to
2: have a uh, abrasive personality mm. and then mm. yeah yesterday somebody left a comment on the ssc video where we was was like i hate hearing nick talk i was like man <laughs> i can't do anything good <laughs> this is great this is great
1: uh, somebody you know is, here that has an abrasive personality
2: yes i have an First. abrasive personality
0: <laughs> i'm very mean right.
1: Everybody on the internet has an abrasive personality. (laughs) It's the defining trait of the internet.
0: (laughs) Welcome. This is the entire fucking failed experiment. (laughs) Uh, You know what, Nick? I think you're great. And I think that's probably a dumb problem. There's a lot of different channels they can watch. A lot of different. There's all both sorts of different varieties of twats they can go look at. You know, that's a terrible
2: thing. I say. think. I, don't I know think why I said that. I just think I twat is a funny word. So if they want to call me a twat,
0: I just laugh yeah. at it. <laughs> it's been. We've said that word so many times <laughs> on, in the first
1: like five minutes here. Uh, as, as as somebody who lives in the like the British Isles, that's with an O rather than an A, right? No, it's twat. us pronouncing <laughs> it with an A.
2: Like, oh, okay. twit. It isn't right. the same
0: as twat. It twit. Okay, all right. twit, Twat, twat,
1: twat. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I just need to clear that up like just in terms of... Yeah, it's just the American pronunciation of it, yeah. It's one of those weird things where it's like the opposite of the C word, where you're like if you go to England, the C word is just thrown around casually, <laughs> like, bro, sure and you go over to America. No, you, you go over to America and you say the C word and everyone just looks at you strange. Not that <laughs> yeah. I know from experience. Yeah. But like over in England, I just remember casually somebody mentioning the T word and just getting like the T the and scrumpets were ruined <laughs> that day. The T and scrumpet? <laughs> no!
0: Not the tea and scrumpets. Uh, I love it. Um, so yeah, starting off uh, some of the Marvel news, uh, I just want to run down a couple of the things we got and then get your thought you guys' thoughts on them. So we got the... Uh, the, the, what I thought was like a cute announcement video with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman uh, announcing that, uh, you know, Deadpool 3 would be coming in uh, September 6, 2024, which at this point would make it the first movie of phase six. And the whole video was Ryan Reynolds being like, oh, well, we don't know what to do. How do we one up it? How do we indo- indoctrinate ourselves in the MCU? And Hugh Jackman walks in the background and he says, do you want to come back as Logan one more time? And he said, sure. Yeah, and one so, more um, time. Uh-huh. Yeah. One more time Stupid until... Uh, there's more money. Uh, My thing with this is everyone is very excited by the idea of it, which I uh, agree. I think Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman teaming up for like a a weird multiverse road trip movie sounds neat. Um, No one sees you talk about the fact that this is being directed by Sean Levy, who's just makes the most boring fucking
1: movies ever. Levy is one of Reynolds' guys though again like this is it the thing is. where we live in the modern era of stardom where like The Rock has his guys where like Wong Colette Sayre ends up directing Black Adam because The Rock is in Black Adam he's like hey you you look like you could direct a superhero movie yeah. so like Levy Levy doing it feels like the, the logical choice given he did Free Guy obviously didn't he as well if I remember correctly yeah, and, the and he obviously Project. did The Adam Project yeah so yeah. he's very much like in the pocket as far as kind of Reynolds goes so that that is not a surprise to me
0: to no no and he's like you know accl- he was well, one of the producers and I think he directed a bunch Stranger of, the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah, so Night at the Museum. So he's like made a lot of money, but in terms of like movies that I'd consider like good. Not many. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you don't uh, think Night at the Museum 2 is a classic? It's the Godfather I, 2 of Nightmare I, Night at the Museum movies.
0: I forgot there was a second one. I assumed that <laughs> needed Did see to there's it? three.
1: Uh, Isn't there a third, like the Smithsonian, if I'm remembering correctly? So like they escalate, that's how they do the sequel escalation. It's like, well, we could do Night of the Museum twice, but then the third time you got to go to the Smithsonian. Now, I may need to check that I shouldn't say this live, but I will check that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like the comment from Colin Tara the other day. Well, I, you gotta, know is
0: it, he's, okay, I don't I'm want to say his name right. I, games. I don't his care. His name's Trevorrow, and you bring him up on every podcast I'm ever on with because you. Because so news you need up to learn like how to that. say his name if you're going to bring him up every time. I'm just going to call him Colin shit director. Just call him Colin. You can just call him Colin. Say your right. first, so first, first Colin name, Colin T. I, I, he, I, he made com- com-
2: a quote. <laughs> he made a quote yesterday that RGM posted about, yeah, we didn't Jurassic Park sequels didn't need to be made, but I'm gonna make them anyways. And I'm like, you fucking, <laughs> But
1: I, I feel like we need to offer the first clarification of this particular episode. Battle of the Smithsonian no, Smith Battle of the Smithsonian <laughs> was indeed the second night of the museum movie. Secret of the Tomb was the third. There's a what? I've never even heard Secret of that. Secret of the Ooze? Remember uh, Secret no, of no, Ooz, the Ninja no. Turtles no. movie? Yeah, no, but it's like that. But also, what if it was like the third Mummy movie as well? It was Jet Li in this one as well? Uh, probably. Um looking at the cast list here. Um, Secret? No, he was not. Brad uh, Garrett was in there. Uh, Owen Wilson, of course. Steve Coogan. Dan Stevens played Sir Lancelot. Rami Malek. Remember when Rami Malek used to do this stuff?
0: Yeah, Rami Malek was in Until Dawn, the video game. And then yeah. like three years later he yeah. won an oscar and i'm like he's probably not gonna be in video games anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be
1: honest, wasn't he like in one of those Julia roberts rom-coms as well if i remember yeah. correctly and as like one of the yeah. students
0: yeah he's also in short term 12 which is like the weirdest movie if you watch now because everyone has become a star in that movie yeah. um yeah pretty impressive oh, uh
1: I'm project x
0: he was in project x oh no that's a short movie never mind oh yeah i was about to say i don't think that was i don't think he was in the project <laughs> x i'm thinking of yeah. Um, yeah, any, uh, uh, I mean, Darren, you're a big comic book guy, any, any, any thoughts on a, on a Daredevil, or on a, uh, Deadpool Wolverine team up?
1: I mean, outside the fact that it seems inevitable, like it was always mm-hmm. going to be, we will drag a dump truck full of money up to the house of Hugh Jackman and make him do this. And also <laughs> the fact that Hugh Jackman seems to be realizing that he's not really a movie star because movie stars don't exist anymore. So yeah. when he needs to top up the bank account, this is what he has to do. It's so um, sad. It is a little sad, like that there's nothing is ever done now. Nothing's ever finished. There's no line under anything. And I mean, I kind of I've accepted that. And I, being honest, I don't mind that he's doing stuff after Logan because I can just like not watch that stuff after I review it. I could just Logan can be the last thing I watch with him in it. It doesn't really matter that much to me that he's coming back and doing it again. I, I think it'll be fine. Like, again, the, the Levy stuff is the stuff that gives me pause. Now, people love Free Guy. I did not care for Free Guy. I thought the Adam project was charming. Uh, but as you said, Levy's never a guy that I've really latched onto as somebody who makes films that I really want to see. But also, Levy is an odd fit in terms of tone, in that he's very much like a kind of an amblin esque director. He's a director yeah. I associate with movies that are aimed at, again, young, young kids, but very much kind of that childish wonder that you associate with Spielberg. The Adam Project is probably one of my favourite Levy movies in large part because it's that. Uh, he did Real Steel as well, if I remember correctly, with, oh, with um, Ujacken, which is yeah. probably his best movie. And that's similarly, it's a, a kind of of a story that is Spielberg-esque about a kid reconnecting with his deadbeat dad and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm struggling to figure out how that works with a Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine road trip movie through the multiverse or whatever this is going to be. Yeah, um, they've said it's going to be rated R and I'm assuming they be a similar rated- tone as the previous like, ones. I, yeah, I, I don't mind whether it's rated R or not. I'm not going to die on that hill, but it's a really strange choice to have Sean Levy whose, like, primary, like, area of expertise is making, like, you know, family-friendly kids' movies and, by all accounts, doing that reasonably well yeah. and going, you get to make an R-rated Wolverine and Deadpool movie. That's the part that doesn't quite fit for me. But, I mean, look, Jackman is great. Uh, Reynolds is pretty much Deadpool. He is living Deadpool. Yeah, um, yeah Knight of the living Deadpool, if you will. But it's like, mm-hmm. I figure that, uh, yeah, I figure it'll be fine. Um, I do... I, I think you you flagged this earlier, and we'll talk about it when we circle back around to the later down the list items. Mm -hmm. I do find the timing of the release of that announcement very, very savvy.
0: Yeah, yeah, Disney's usually pretty smart with how they time these kind of things. (laughs) Like they'll be like, oh, don't 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 pay attention to what's over here. Look at this, something nice and shiny.
1: my real conspiratorial mind is kind of wondering, like, was has this been in the pocket since D twenty three? Like, did they take this specifically off the table from D twenty three so yeah. they would have a card in case things went wrong? Yeah. So, like, maybe there's some turbulent stuff coming up. We don't want to announce that. We want to keep that one in the pocket for an occasion just like this. Part of yeah,
0: because we've we've had. Uh, I mean, I guess we can just jump to it now with yeah. uh, with with uh, Basam Tariq uh, the the former director of blade uh, stepping down from the role uh, of the movie that was supposed to start filming this month. And uh, according to the, the stories and, and, and insider sources, there's a lot of trouble with the script. The script is currently only at like 90 pages and they've said it only has two major action beats, which um, you know, for a, a, a Marvel pole movie does not seem like the kind of thing that it would be, especially one that is, uh, uh, you know, hedging its, uh, you know, you know, built around a, a, an Academy Award winning actor like Mahershala Ali. Oh, an Academy Award winning actor! Yeah, yeah, like the <laughs> most, pro- one of the most prolific actors of the past <laughs> decade. Um, and uh, my, my thought is there is a very, de- there's a decent chance that if this movie slips a little bit, they just lose Mahershala because... Yeah he's a very busy man and I don't think he's going to be waiting around and waiting while scripts get rewritten and they try
1: to patch together who the hell's going to direct this thing. Like that That's the insane thing to me about this is that like Marshall Ellie is like one of the biggest actors of his generation. He's won the Oscar twice. This yeah. is his passion project by all accounts. Like apparently like he approached Marvel and was like, I would like to make a blade movie. I would like to be in the blade business. And Marvel were like, yeah, sure. And it's like, how do you not manage to make that work no matter what? Like, how do you not find a way to just power through that and just let whatever happens happens because at the very least you have a, the character who basically started the modern comic book revolution, who is jewelry appraisal in the modern era. Uh, B, you have a two time Academy award-winning actor headlining that. And, you know, C, you also then have the idea that, yeah, this is possibly going to be something a bit different from all the previous Marvel movies that we've done. Like, how do you not just let that thing power through? Why do you put roadblocks up in its way? I, that's, that's the thing that's that kind Disney's, of frustrates that's me. That's
2: Disney's whole thing, though. It's like, <clears throat> I was watching that interview with uh, my the composer of Werewolf at Night. I you know. Yeah, on IGN. I you know. And he's sitting there like explaining, like, I didn't know if Disney would let us do this. I didn't know if they would let us do this. Like, we, we got it through. And it's like, there's. I would hate to work for them. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's... You can't even make what you want without like the corporate looking over your shoulder being like, this is OK,
0: this is OK. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about Blade to me is if it's true, if, if the script is like currently a mess, this movie was announced Comic-Con 2018, I think <laughs> like it was like Mahershala Ali stepped on stage. Before COVID, a long fucking time ago. How is the script not ready yet? Like, what is going on? Like,
1: I, I mean, look, COVID was a long time. You don't have to do something in COVID. You don't have to write a script in COVID. <laughs> Everybody took two years off, Marty. It's fine. <laughs> it's uh,
0: I don't. It was. It's it's kind of mind boggling to me when this came out. Um, yeah, yeah, I just
2: I just feel I'm kind of I, Marvel to me. just feels like the most cynical corporate product there is at this point when literally one of the marketing beats for the Deadpool thing was Hugh Jackman saying like, yeah, we're not touching Logan. And it's like, that's a marketing beat now. Like that you're not going to overwrite a story that everybody liked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as overwriting a story,
0: right? I that's kind of like what Darren was saying.
2: Well, I know that, but in the minds of the people that watch Marvel though, like everything has to, or at least Kevin, you know, Feige is like, everything has to be continuous and connect. And it's like, are we going to, you know, rewrite this is going to be set before Logan or, or what? How is it going to tie into that timeline? And that, that's like what frustrates me so much about Marvel. It's like it's just like you can't just watch one thing mm-hmm. and have it be standalone. And eventually, like if they do do a standalone movie, eventually it's going to be something else. that's going to come later. Like, well, this ties into that. And it's like, oh, my God, that I mean, even for the people writing these scripts and having to try tie everything together. That's like one of the problems they are running into the. one of the issues they're having with the High Republic books is like all these different authors are writing about the same timeline, trying to put their own voice and make their own unique take on these things. But it all has to tie in plot wise to everything else. It's it's just like it's at Disney, the way Disney does things. I just really don't like it.
1: What I I will vaguely speak up in, in defense of phase four, which is getting much maligned. And to be honest, part of me is like, I feel like this is the result of, Basically, a long overdue reckoning with being the biggest kid in the schoolyard for like a decade, mm-hmm. where it feels like that this you know the franchise has kind of reached its culmination with Endgame and Infinity War all that sort of stuff, and now there's kind of like a sense of like catching up with the franchise just as the franchise is like powering up itself. I think there are a bit there've been more Marvel products released since 2021 than there were in the entirety of between, like, 2008 and 2021. Like, there's been more Marvel content over the past, what, 18 months than there had been over the preceding 14 years or whatever the kind of metric is there. And it does feel like a lot of what's happening now is a sense of they're in an awkward place where they have finished telling one story and haven't quite figured out what the next one is, Mm -hmm. but they're also pumping up the volume on the content gauge because they're trying to get as much out of this thing as possible yeah. before inevitably the moment ends and they become just another franchise whatever that entails for Marvel yeah. and part of, me, part of me is also like I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe not being the biggest thing in the world would be a good thing for everybody I including agree. the Marvel, including Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. including Marvel because it would make them a bit scrappier a bit hungrier make them more experimental more ambitious because like one of the things that is frustrating about them being the biggest franchise in the world the most voluminous franchise in the world having that much money, that much freedom, and that much opportunity, is that there's no no motivation to try anything new. There's no motivation to change the formula or tinker with the formula. And, you know, I kind of feel like they need to be hungry in order to kind of get going again. I will say, I promise I would speak in defense of phase four. Here it is. <laughs> I don't mind the sense that that we've got over the past little while of the studio- Marvel Studios trying to figure out things that don't quite work. Like, Eternals doesn't quite work, but at least feels like it's the studio. Like, the revelation where it's like, you can shoot outside? And it's like, okay, that's that's baby steps, but but it's better. It's good. Yeah. If you could continue in that direction, that would be good. It's like, we could hire an Oscar winning director. Yes. Yes, you could. And that director <laughs> could have ideas. Yes. Would Would there be banter? No, no. Oh, no fine. You can have some banter. And like, <laughs> again, with, with Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, where it's like they bring in Raimi and Raimi does his thing. I had a really good time with that. Again, part of me also suspects that a large part of like getting, you mentioned getting stuff through the Disney machine reading interviews with people like Tony Gilroy over Andor and reading, like, interviews with, say, Mike Waldron over uh, Multiverse of Madness, it really feels like the key to getting something through Disney is to, like, wait until the deadline is almost upon you and then just go, okay, fine, we'll get it done. uh, And there's no time to really change or check it. Like, Andor is a situation where Disney rejected Andor. They rejected the pitch that was Andor, tried to develop another pitch, then came up on production and realized that their second pitch wasn't working and had to go back to Gilroy and say, y- you know that original pitch you had? Could mm-hmm. you uh, maybe put that together really, really quickly? So yeah, part of me is yeah. kind of hoping against hope that what happens with Blade is that the studio gets again that that hungry and that desperate. And they're like, fine do whatever you want with this property. We'll take our hands off and we'll just let you do your thing, which is apparently what happened with Multiverse of Madness, where it's like, this project has completely fallen apart. We've lost Derrickson. Uh, he doesn't want to make this anymore. We need to get it into cinemas relatively quickly. You have to write the script in two weeks. You have to film it in three yeah. months. And it's like, okay, Sa- Sam, do your thing. We don't care what it is. Just just do it. May Make it so it appears on screen in three months. That's I don't care if Ben... Yeah, well, like,
2: I, those interviews just make me so cynical it's just like <laughs> it, it, it's literally somebody saying
0: oh my god they let me do my job <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i mean in, in terms of like a giant you know trillion dollar corporation that i guess that's a win right yeah, yeah. i guess yeah. so yeah yeah and i, I mean I, they, they obviously saw something they liked in, in michael waldron because uh, they announced that he's writing uh secret wars which is the um you know of the two big tentpole avenger movies coming out uh we have the kang dynasty and then secret wars seems to be like the one that's capping off faves or ending phase six
1: i guess and the multiversal saga yeah
0: Yeah. and this whole and this whole saga so and uh that i actually really like michael aldrin and i i
1: i still think um you know he was one of the writers on loki correct he was. He was basically the showrunner on Loki. Showrunner on um, Loki. Yeah, yeah. And he's and- he's also wrote Doctor Strange, to be mentioned. And he's mm-hmm. Kevin Feige's guy, apparently. I feel very proud. Like great. in the in this week's in the frame, I kind of call this because it's like he's Feige's guy. Feige was like, "When I'm going to do Star Wars, guess who my writer is going to be? It's going to be Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's great. And I I I think the uh, I think the last episode of Loki is probably my favorite thing of post-Endgame
1: uh,
0: MCU. The 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 thing with the two Lokis talking to, t- talking to Kang, or I guess not Kang, he who remains. That, yeah. Um, That's still my favorite thing in this phase. So um, yeah, I have I've high hopes for that. Yeah. And then some other interesting news of just, uh, you know, talking about sort of the, the glut of uh, MCU content of Armor Wars, which was going to be the Don Cheadle-led series, is now being tweaked into a movie. Um, and they've sort of said, oh, this is a story that needed to be told on a big screen and the cynic in me says oh that's because they want a robert downey jr cameo and he wouldn't cameo in a disney plus show (laughs) so that's like literally the first thing i thought of was that and um i'm I'm sure they have other reasons but i'm just i'm just planting my flag here for when he shows up in that movie (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that that's that's very fair i mean like it does feel like we're all building towards secret wars with like the return of chris evans when chris mm-hmm. evans has this hugh jackman moment of realizing he's not a movie star either and then they're eventually like come on all you got to do we'll cgi your head oh, on bob body gray man gray man too yeah. is coming I'm the, gray, sure man the gray man <laughs> cinematic universe baby cinematic. There, yeah. what you miss is the post-credit stinger where they like pluck a hair from his mustache to clone mm. him Um, But he comes back only wearing sweaters made from his own mustache. He wore a lot lot of sweaters and he had a lot of mustache in that movie. Yeah, that's all I remember. So that's that's how I'm figuring that this must go. But yeah, that that does feel like what we're building to. So I'm kind of surprised. I'd be surprised if they waste the waste, Darren says, the Robert Downey Jr. cameo in Armor Wars. uh, Yeah, yeah. Like it feels like that's the moment to kind of drop it in. But I... I do think with the moving to cinema stuff is interesting in large part because it kind of I do wonder if there's a sense of Is the streaming thing working the way we wanted it to work? Where like Marvel kind of imagined streaming series being equivalent to movies? Where it's like Scar- Scarlett Johansson gets a movie and Jeremy Renner gets a streaming show and the two of them are equal. I think like yeah. Jeremy Renner's press for Hawkeye consisted of, well, Scarlett got a movie, so I get a six episode TV show. Yeah. Those two things are totally equivalent. I am just as important as Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And the interviewer nods, yeah. smiling. Um, but I do wonder if there's a, there is a sense of maybe that sort of recalibration taking place. Like, mm-hmm. I think, was it like Captain America 4 or New World Order, or whatever it was, was only announced after uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Correct. Yeah, where there was there was a sense that like he was going to be a streaming only hero. Uh, you know, obviously Sam Wilson, Captain America, mm-hmm. and now it's like no, no, no. Maybe there is still a difference between streaming series and feature films, and maybe putting things in cinemas has value uh, for the brands as we're maintaining them. Um, so maybe we want to maintain the Iron Man brand by keeping it a cinematic franchise. That would be my cynical take on it.
0: Yeah. No. I, that's honestly. Pretty solid in my mind. That that makes perfect exactly. sense. Um, and then the the last bit of Marvel before we hop over to our, our thoughts on the new episodes of TV stuff. Which um, all this stuff said, all of our cynicism, all of our all of our trepidation. Um, the new trailer for Wakanda Forever came out, and man, that movie looks really fucking good. It does. I'm very. <laughs> it just excited. looks
1: really good. It, um, I I'm, I'm just really excited for it. Yeah, I, I was on holidays last week in the States and like I did the very nerdy thing of like going to a cinema in New York. I went to the Lincoln Square IMAX because it's like we don't re- we have an IMAX here in Ireland, but it's not a proper IMAX. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to see an actual film in IMAX. I saw Avatar. See Avatar. I saw Avatar. Of course, I saw Avatar. <laughs> it had to be Avatar. Um. And like I remember seeing the Wakanda Forever teaser um, mm-hmm. on IMAX and that thing just kills it's a like that that movie is going to make all of the money yeah. and i'm like yes yes it should let it <laughs> let it do what it does like i'm sitting there and i'm feeling my heart swell watching that trailer that i have seen 10 15 times before it's just it's an incredible powerhouse piece of like advertising for the film and yes i am very excited i am also very curious about how, how Ryan Coogler manages all of the competing demands that seem to be weighing on him going into this. I don't yeah, doubt he'll do it, but I think watching him do it will be will be something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, the movie's got uh, <laughs> was helped create two really good trailers. So there, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Even if it's a disaster, it's got two
1: great trailers. <laughs>
2: it, it could uh, be a,
1: a suicide squad. That's what we're aiming for. We want Wakanda forever to be just like Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um
0: Cool. All right, we can uh, transition into our uh, TV tops now. Do we want to start with Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, or Andor? Rings of Power. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nick. Let's get you, all the angry uh, people out of the way. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe people will be angry. I actually don't know what everyone's thoughts on this. It's, a, it's but, always. Uh, it's
2: always after the podcast that we get the, the mean
0: comments and the downvotes. So. <laughs> perfect Nick. you just you need to you need to not interact you I, I don't know you live in like a world of mean comments do what i do and just get sick all weekend and lay in bed nah. and then try to watch blonde but be like too fevered to watch it which let I me tell like you it's probably blonde, the best way to watch blonde watching blonde with like 103 degree fever whoo that was something Oof.
1: that was the way to watch it like, marvie i i, I want to tell you that's exactly what it feels like watching blonde without a 300 <laughs> without <Is it>. I'm <laughs> I'm three degree fever it was great <laughs>
0: Uh, we'll talk about that at the end, but, uh, okay. So this was, uh, episode number six, uh, titled Udun. Uh, this is the episode. Finally, we've been waiting a couple episodes for, for shit to actually characters to actually, you know, connect and, and things to actually happen. And we got it. This was, um, I guess our big battle episode of the season and it, uh, culminated in, uh, Theo making what I think might be the biggest fuck up of any character in television history. <laughs> by telling him where that sword key was, which ultimately caused the creation of Mount Doom. To i did not think that that's what that thing was going to do, um, and then it did. And I thought—I I thought volcanoes erupting are neat. So, uh, Nick, what what, are, what were your thoughts on the episode?
2: Uh, yeah, I, no, I actually really liked it. it it's again, I'm going to keep going back to that—the fact that like this feels like it was a show that was meant to be binged, because I think when you when you binge it, those payoffs come quicker. And like now that we've gotten that episode, like you know, thinking back to the previous episodes, it, there there was a lot of nice build up to that, even if it wasn't like done super well. At least the larger plot points had a nice had a nice build up a crescendo here, which I really liked. Like I I really like the creation of Mount Doom and how that happened. I was not expecting it to be that way, and the payoff of like all the tunnels that they digged that was literally for not just stealth but to drive the water to the mountain. Uh, which i was not anticipating um i think uh you know there's obviously some movie stuff you know with like uh the numenorians just showing up at the perfect time kind of thing which you know felt a little bit off but i mean i really liked like the the sense of i was kind of talking about it a couple episodes or a couple of recap episodes ago of um you know like this is this is entire series is going to be a story of tragedy and like the real stakes kind of just got shown here f- finally like i feel like i felt more of a connection to everything now that like yes the mountain has blown up now what happens and now i'm curious like you know how where how the orcs are going to rise up and also i really like the uh uh the backstory excuse me um the backstory on uh that the, the elves being the creation of the orcs or whatever um there's just a lot of like interesting stuff that's happening now that i i'm, I'm actually intrigued to learn more about um on the side that isn't tied to the dwarves and the elves and now the humans and everything
0: Mm -hmm. darren what were your thoughts
1: uh yeah i mean i basically exactly what nick said particularly in terms of this being a show i think we've all said it at various times it's a show that feels like it would watch better in two four-hour chunks binging it Um, even though this would end up being in the middle of the second chunk but like it's notable that this Episode is where the first publicity stills came from. Mm -hmm. I was watching this episode and it's like, that is the still still of Galadriel, which has been like circulating since forever, since the project was, you know, first entered production. And by the way, I believe the second season has entered production today or earlier. Yeah, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. um so yeah congratulations on that and it's also apparently performing really well on streaming um yeah. is it like simba or whatever have it like or sorry nielsen habits are passing i believe get, uh, i thought you were talking about simba yeah. I, I was so. like is he gonna <laughs> show up in this show i mean, I mean like look, look, amazon own everything right um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was, again, it does what this show does really well, which is spectacle and scale. This is the most expensive show ever made. And there are moments when you remember that. We talked about, like, the first episode being full of those wow moments. And this is really the first time since then that it's felt like you've had an escalation in that. Mm-hmm. Like, this really does feel like it's a proper, could-be-released-in-the-cinema's in the, in the cinemas feature film presentation. That moment where, like, you're watching kind of the the... Dust billow out where you're seeing the battle happen. All this sort of stuff. It's it's gorgeous to look at. It it's fantastic, and it's what the sh- where the show's strengths lie. And I do also think that the th- I. A little bit interested in this and kind of curious to see where it goes. Maybe a bit guarded on it as well. But the idea of the ambiguity around the orcs, which I greatly, greatly appreciated. it uh, with. Is, this, uh, is it Adar, the, the dark elf, who's kind of like interrogated? And he yeah, makes he's yeah. having the conversation with Galadriel and making the point that he just wants his people to have a home. And obviously that's somewhat overshadowed by the fact that we know exactly what's going to happen. And we also know exactly what's going to happen with the orcs. But it do- it's kind of interesting to see a, like, a high fantasy show playing with like one of the fundamental rules of the genre, which is that orcs are inherently and always have been a race that are defined by being pure evil. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of nice to see the show wade a little cautiously into those waters. So I quite enjoyed this episode. I want to see where it goes next week, and I'm very curious where the finale goes. And I am... I'm maybe not as warm on the previous five episodes. I do think that we could have gotten here a lot quicker. I think that a lot of the stuff getting here felt like it was watching plates spin. I think we mentioned it feels like characters moving in circles, waiting for everything to line yeah. up. So, as Nick said, the cavalry charge could arrive at exactly the right moment. Um, but I, I did like this episode a lot.
2: It's a it's a it's a weird show where like I, I feel like they tried to pace. You could have almost cut out episodes three, two, three, four, yeah. I mean, uh, three, four, and five to get the six, yeah. and you wouldn't have really missed a whole lot. Like, you know, I, all the talking and, and Numenor and all that, and they I, you weren't here last week, but, like, in the previous episode, you know, they spent a lot of time on the um, Isildar's sister, and she hasn't done anything, you know? It's like, I don't know what her importance is to anything yet. Um yeah, and the only the only thing that really tossed me on this one was the uh, <laughs> the sudden like you're our king now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I yeah, like, a- a- <laughs> elections are real
0: easy in the southlands.
2: <laughs> well, they, they all bow to this guy so- they've never met before. I'm like, what? Oh. I'm, there, there's what? It, the show is such a whiplash thing. Where like, there's really cool moments. There's some really nice writing in areas, and then other times, it's just like, wait, what the fuck?
1: Uh, It it, it's pacing like it feels like there should be an entire episode about how he becomes king of the Southlands, but instead you just get a previously on segment where two people who are not in the Southlands talk about how he should be king of the Southlands. It's like, oh, I guess you're king of the Southlands. I also still do not
0: understand. He fucking killed those guys in that bar fight. (laughs) He killed them in that alley.
1: He went to jail, and then he wasn't in jail anymore. (laughs) And now he's a king. (laughs) Killed those dudes. I mean, I mean, that's that's what should have been the plot of the fifth episode. It should have been yeah. just a moot, moot course uh, court case. They should have yeah. brought in like Bob Odenkirk and put ears on him oh or my something. God. Yeah, oh, I really shit. I, I really
2: that. feel like the more that we've watched this, I feel like if they had really just focused on Galadriel's revenge. Right. She wants to find she's hunting Sauron. She has to go to these places, recruit her troops like, you know, almost a video game plot. I feel like it would have been paced better and would have made more sense of like all these people meeting up in one place. Yeah, because again, I like, do like- here, the, the, okay. I, well, the, the part that annoyed me the most about how this all happened, like I had to just suspend my disbelief, was like, how did she know exactly where they were gonna attack? This is a little tavern in the middle of nowhere in the entire Southland region, and they just know exactly where to go. You, they put a ping. Put a ping <laughs> well, they, either that, yeah, ping, either yeah. that, or yeah. you know, they were on the boat. And she's like uh so there's like can you already see the land he's like yes
0: and i'm like wow you must can fucking see the orcs from where you're at then. yeah they got a good they, got, they do squints they do squints <laughs> yeah. They can see as far in the distance yes I, uh, so. I do i like how uh glad kind of like a uh, like a, a fucking mass murderer and like when she was <laughs> yeah. talking to adar she was like i am going to kill every single one of your race i am going to exterminate them and make sure you are the last one to know that i and then i'm going genocide. to kill you and then <laughs> i'm going to kill you and i'm like jesus christ lady. She, <laughs> like it's, I, I, it's, I like the I like, of it. it's I like, like i'm not it. just
1: going to commit genocide i'm going to kill you so the <laughs> genocide is complete
0: yeah so. no and i i do i i that she of the characters are on this episode she was my favorite because i i think that is the most interesting and that it ties back into the you know what her brother was saying in the pilot about how like in order to like understand the light you need to embrace the dark or whatever bullshit line that was um (laughs) my the thing i realized though is her removed i didn't give a shit about any of these characters when that volcano erupted i'm like All of them can die, and I don't care, because the characters (laughs) I care about, I like the elves, I like the dwarves, and I like the Harfoots. And they're not anywhere around here, I I think. And they they weren't in the episode at all. And so I realized, like, man, we spent a lot of episodes with these people from Numenor, and I don't give a shit about any of them. And the only ones I do kind of care about, I know, live to Lord of the Rings. Like, I know Galadriel and Isildur. Like, I know where they end up.
2: There's also, like, the Isildur's friends in the battle scene, which stuck out as really weird. Like, the show wants you to care about these two guys that you spent 30 seconds with, basically them being mad at a sealer. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, there, there's, yeah. I, it's a lot of growing pains for season one. I, you know, in general, I keep, you know, I think people have been like, well, you're just nitpicking on the show now to, you know, be with the audience that hates it. And it's like, no, I, I generally like the show. I just, there's a lot of weird little issues with it that kind of add up over time. Uh-huh. But yeah. I think I think going back for a second rewatch, I might be more you know kind of like what you said, Marty, about Game of Thrones, like more sympathetic to like some of those issues because the pacing might not feel so off when it's yeah. off the week to week. John Lee I don't care how I pronounce names. I'm sorry, they're they're fantasy <laughs> names. I will say however the fuck I want, and <laughs> you will have to deal with it. Colin Terrarabo, uh, that's where that's we're not going. a fantasy name. That's he's a not real a fantasy man. name. He's, so a real, he's, he's a real. He's a real. It's a it's a fantasy. <laughs> it's a fantasy that he's a good director.
0: No one. i feel like he the only reason he keeps getting roles is because they keep being like i don't know people keep bringing him up in this one podcast so he he must be popular
2: any bad bad press is good press, right yeah
0: Yeah. um yeah i I, I mean this is like a lot of shows this is gonna be really interesting to to watch like you guys keep saying in its totality once the season is over because i feel like it's going to feel the pacing is going to feel different and like our, some of our thoughts on those like lulls are going to feel different. Um, but but, I, you know, when you release it week to week, you're you're open to those criticisms.
2: Yeah, yeah. I and I do like I wasn't expecting this episode to be episode six. I was expecting this episode to be like seven with like a, a lower a lower stakes last episode leading into season two. But so, you know, you started this whole thing off saying like I'm curious where they go for seven and eight mm-hmm. now. But I guess, you know, see the aftermath of of Mordor forming, but this I think we said it like in the maybe the first or second episode of the Rings of Power, like this feels like the prologue season and not really season one.
0: I mean, yeah, like I I don't know what their full plan is. Like, I, I don't know if they've ever said how long they plan for this to go.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, heard five, seasons, five, five is, seasons is a number, yes. five seasons but, but five seasons is, is always a number and and three movies and then three more movies. Um hey, we're, we're, wait, we're, wait, we're wait. getting <laughs>
0: the escape <laughs> movie, so but we're, we're getting the community movie. Jesus, why do you call it the, the
1: escape this movie? Escape <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ta- tag I'm blaming that, yeah. that on COVID. Tag yourself, Marty, tag yourself. Which one was <laughs> it, Joel McHale? Um, but but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I do. I do think, so what Nick is saying is he wants to see more door uh. Ah, waka waka. <laughs> yeah. uh, also those orcs
0: incredible feat of engineering in order to dig those <laughs> tunnels for miles and miles to know on exactly how to water to get down yeah. to the to the lava so just like uh big ups on them i don't they have like like that's the most humane thing i've seen from them is like their civil engineering is is well they were they were group. they were
2: they were very quick builders in the movies too like isengard came together
1: really quick
0: I'm but I mean, like t- underground,
1: <laughs> like just in a direction. Like you, you yeah. want to imagine that there's some orc sticking his head up in um, wherever the elf capital is. Going, okay, guys, I'm done. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, what yeah. is this? Like
0: I took a wrong turn in Albuquerque? Kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, don't, I thought I thought it was good. I thought the the money showed on the screen. I am excited to go back to my to my dwarf and elf friends because I I miss them and I want to see what the Harfoots are up to. Uh. Uh, um, on two, two, um, oh.
2: well, two, two other things real quick uh, one yeah. I was really impressed that like the Darren you were kind of saying the money on screen like the amount of practical effects I really appreciate that Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it feels like
0: yeah especially in the battle yeah, yeah like yeah. I, I'm
2: glad it's not you know just CGI shit fest it it's, mm-hmm. looks really nice it's fun to watch um, and yeah. the other part too is I wonder if they took some extra in Marty this is more of a thing for you but I wonder if they've taken a lot of inspiration from like the Shadow of Mordor games, because I definitely had that feeling with the orcs and like they're more personality focused. Like there's different, you know, shades of them, kind of like we were getting in the in those games. Um, yeah, and I also like even some of like the the set dressing felt Shadow more Mordor esque.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I had I had similar thoughts as I've been watching the show and like I don't know if they've taken it one to one, but I have to believe. That when they were setting off the show, you know, the team of writers or showrunners or anyone like mm-hmm. when they were like, what are the big Lord of the Rings things outside of the movies? Especially like, well, there's certain things we, they can't touch, like they can't touch the Silmarillion. So, like, yeah. where can they draw inspiration from? Yeah. And they're like, well, we have these two AAA games that came out recently. And so really I have to imagine people like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like their depiction of Kellan rimbor on the show is very different than the depiction of Kellan rimbor in the games. Um, yeah. I can't believe I said so that man's Brimboar. name twice in a row. I don't. It's, <laughs> Nick, what are you doing? Just to you make get you did a angry. whole rant. You did a whole rant because you were corrected on your pronunciation of a name. It's because I know this pronunciation.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Callum Brimbor, and it's not Sallim Brimbor. Here's here's a question though. Right? Sallim Do we do we think the final shot of the first season is going to be a ring being forged? Given that we haven't spent we haven't spent a lot of time in the elven forges yet. That's the big thing waiting to pay off if we've done the big battle and we've done the origin of Mordor, The next thing is the rings. Presumably the rings are going to be forged this season and the next season they're going to start corrupting stuff. So do we think the closing image of the season is going to be like a ring forged?
2: I th- Yeah, I think it'll be Sauron's ring, but I don't think it'll be the rings they give out because I don't think we okay. like we need... We don't have Sauron yet. Yeah, My you guess. were right, right, but I think we'll oh, see Oh,
1: it's the final shock, the reveal of Sauron then. Is that where the That's, season finale ends? Yeah, that has it. to be. Well, so there's two...
0: There's lingering mysteries. There's yeah. one of these people has to be someone. Yes, it has to be someone. It's kid. Met. Whether it, <laughs> it could, be, it could be Theo the kid. It could be Halbrand, like confused and reincarnated because the way he was he, the way he was talking to, to So he straight up murdered people. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be. I don't know what's a, I going kinda, on with those weird like Marshall Mathers us. Slim Shady dudes who were looking over his crash site, the crash site of of Meteor Man. Like, we we haven't gone back to them. We saw them in one shot. I'm like, well, who are they? They seen I see. And then like, 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 got the trailer man.
1: shot. That's all we need, baby. We yeah. got a trailer shot. Honestly, I uh, would kind of uh,
2: like that twist of Halbrand being Sauron just because like his. Sudden, like his sudden
0: willingness to be king of the Southlands. Yeah. Now it's my, Mordor. My, my <laughs> money is Haldren
1: is Sauron. Yeah. Nick, when somebody asks
0: you if you're king of
1: the Southlands, you say yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, one of the most obvious misdirections in the show, and I have to go back and see. But like uh, you could de- you definitely know what's the kid's name? Theo, Theo, uh, his ears have always been covered by his hair and you never see his ears. So, you know, he's half elf or is an elf. <laughs> Uh, and I feel oh, like
0: uh, is his hair always covered. Yeah, his, his always I've always noticed
2: that little detail his ear. You have never seen his ears through the every scene he's in.
0: Nick's on earwatch. watch. Yeah, I
2: know. Well, because I'm I'm pretty sure Aaron is his father. Yeah, to, to keep. No, Aaron is not his father. the. The.
1: The dark, the elf, the elf, yeah, yeah, the yeah no, no. but he, he, but they're they're still in the young, early stages of their relationship. Surely, mm. like I yeah. don't think they bonked fourteen years. I know a long time for an elf. Maybe this is a slow flirtation yeah. for an elf, but it's still. I feel like they well, did, and, I, the, and they like said that the the dad like obscure like just bounced.
2: Yeah. I I don't know. My my personal theory is that he's secretly his dad. <laughs>
1: that. That said, if he's if he's covering his ears every day as he's growing up for 14 years, that takes a lot of elf control. <laughs> oh
0: god. Ah, god damn it! Go do you back, like go get, get a copy vacation. of the show
1: beforehand and then watch it and then like insert where you're going to do these. <laughs> no. and Nick sends me his rants ahead of time, and I just yeah. go, I can slot in here. Um.
2: Daniel's uh, Daniel says Nick's ears are always in my headphones. Nick is
0: Sauron. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, I have the abrasive uh, personality. This isn't this isn't a bad point, yeah. Um also, do we still think Meteor Man is, is uh Gandalf? I still think Meteor Man's Gandalf.
1: It it seems like the most obvious, reasonable, and logical answer, and part of me is like it should be. There's no, like the best answer is for it to be Gandalf. But that also means that the show is avoiding the possibility of a crazy twist. And I don't know if I trust this show yet to avoid a crazy twist for the sake of a crazy twist.
0: Yeah. I thought the creation of mount doom i wasn't expecting it until it was happening and then i was yeah. like oh maybe i should have assumed that's this whole time they <laughs> keep showing this mountain that it, they keep saying this is where mordor would be and i'm like well we're missing a big volcano where would that come from yeah. <laughs> there it is <laughs> uh, it's only one yeah people keep saying he's a blue wizard the thing about blue wizard Nobody is, knows. If they blue wizard, 99% of the audience is going to be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. If I'm
1: going to punch <laughs> the air, I will punch the air and stand up in my seat. But everyone around me will look very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to be like, OK, like, what's the deal with a blue wizard? Um, yeah. uh, So I just feel like their big win is going to be saying it's Gandalf. And then you have 99% of the people going, yay. And then the 1% who really care about the books and the lore being like, that's fucking dumb. That doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I've got a graph. They'd rather, here, the proof it or. would rather appease the 99 than the one, I think.
1: Um, I mean, not would rather, but kind of have to by the nature of being a mass medium, to be fair of costing a, a literal billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. I feel like like when, when when Bezos talks about sending notes, like I imagine one of those notes is it's not a fucking blue wizard. <laughs> or no,
2: he wouldn't even say that. He said what the fuck is a blue wizard?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck question? I, I want wizard,
2: I
0: want yeah. a Gandalf, not a blue wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, maybe those weird bald dudes, maybe the the slim shadies, maybe they're blue wizards. No, we don't know what blue wizards look like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we know what blue... I don't know what blue wizards I, look like. So.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I guess we got that <laughs> one scene with the, those guys and we... Yeah, next next week's episode is going to be really weird pacing-wise. Because <laughs> this is a...
0: You, I'm curious you if have to have the after- literally not even going to go back to... If they're going to take the whole Mordor week... Mordor all. They are not, yeah, sure, yeah, not going to go back to Mordor, I, I bet. But also, like, I'm imagining the creation of Mount Doom would, like have a seismic effect for the entire continent so like the harfoots will feel it and maybe that'll cause such like an eruption in the mines that it'll release like a balrog or something down there they gotta get some balrogs oh, yeah. well, we weird. gotta get balrogs fighting what you're saying is you gotta get the balrog rolling we gotta get the ball rolling Ooh, so are we gonna we gotta get the balrog is this gonna <laughs> yeah. be
2: is this this show must be so condensing that we're gonna see the fall of uh uh kazadun as well
0: uh yeah i mean i would imagine by the end of it although the, the bar i mean if the balrog's in it you kind of have to right i don't I, think the balrog i think it's going to be a balrog no cory
2: barlog is going to pop out of the ground and say this is mine now
0: yeah and it'll tie in to god of war <laughs> ragnarok coming out yes uh, this is all out, out marketing out compared, this is November all i marketing for that amazon synergy perfect um for a netflix show <laughs> yeah exactly hey it all makes sense uh so, yeah. OK, so that'll be good. We'll be That'll, be good. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> that'll right. That'll do. Peggy. <laughs> that'll Listen, one thing COVID <laughs> took from me was my ability to transition. Uh, now, House of the Dragon or Endor? House of the Dragon. All right. Uh, this was uh, episode number Smooth. seven entitled Driftmark. My main note is, I swear to God, we need to stop shooting night scenes during the day and then color correcting. No, no, no no, 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 Because characters are
1: squinting he, into the night. He They're said, squinting.
2: he said it was a stylistic choice again because he oh, was that. That's the
1: that's the, H, that's the HBO line. That's the I'm, HBO. It was, Twitter it was, it was a bad
2: choice. Apparently it was the same director of the long night that worked on. That yeah, scene. it was Miguel Spotchnik. Yeah, yeah he should me. not be working with night scenes. He <laughs>
1: Okay but luckily, Nick, you're gonna get your wish next year. When he's he no longer show. working on the yes. show. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I can I, see. You. I would like to. I would like to voice my support of against I, Bush, like, Nick, like, and wish him the best in all in his your, future endeavors. Uh,
2: in your most recent, in the Frame episode, you were literally talking about like how executives, you know, assume that you have like the best TV to see those things. Yeah, I, I have one yeah. of those TVs, and I still can fucking see it. <laughs>
1: i again like like the michael waldron thing it was one of those things i did not anticipate being as prescient or as timely as it ended up being i because i was traveling i ended up i had to write my recap off a screener on a an ipad screen and i literally could not identify the big character like the twist at the end of the episode where he gets in the boat where uh carl cory gets in the boat with a dude and i'm like oh there's a nice man rowing him across to the yeah yeah. i'm like that's that's good that's nice he's got an assistant um And I, I had to like watch it on the TV downstairs to be like, yeah. oh no, oh that is that is Lenore. Okay, yeah. he just doesn't it, have his hair. It looked
0: significantly better on the non 4k tv behind me than it did on yeah. new 4k tv in my living room yeah no um, if, you,
2: if, if it would look probably fine on standard definition i mean not standard definition not not hdr on
0: hdr it was on a crt it would look incredible yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: proper you want the vcr scan lines for proper effect yeah exactly well, yeah, isn't the thing like, and again, this is interesting that we just came off talking about House of Dragon, sorry, talking uh, Rings of Power, where this week's episode or last week's episode was the one that they used for the publicity stills to sell the show. Mm-hmm. This is the... And it was this the is, day! And it's, yeah, yeah. Bright ass day! Yeah, they used the shots from this episode in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, to, to, uh, for publicity for House uh, of Dragon. Damon the and Rhaenyra walking saw. on the
0: beach. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And as you said, characters are like frequently squinting in the sun. And um, characters, there are like torches, but they've been added digitally and they've also been dimmed. Um, yeah. But part of they me, have no of, shadow. They have no like yeah. they don't cast light. Yeah. Part of me is also <laughs> wondering, like, was this a late post-production choice then? Like, was this meant to take place during the day or perhaps even at, like magic hour or whatever? And they were just like, turn that all the way up. Just turn it all the way up at some stage during post production on the episode. I do wonder. Maybe if... Miguel
0: Sapachik didn't want to be on the show anymore. And so he was yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make that one dark episode. Yeah. Doing it again. We're running <laughs> it back.
1: The in, uh, I love the, this is the escalation of The Sopranos, where the entire season finale will just be a black screen with noise coming yeah. out of it. Exactly. It's crazy because he went from like, well, he shot Hard
0: Home and, and Battle of the Bastards. So he's like, He was like, oh, my God, this is the Miguel Sapochnik episode. And now when his name comes up and I'm like, oh, God, what are (laughs) we going to do? I think
1: I'm still thinking Sapochnik is pretty, pretty good. He did the premiere and stuff like that as well, to be fair. And and my thing is these scenes, uh, like also,
0: I think I was able to like see what was going on. It was less I couldn't see and more. I just thought it was ugly. Um, Those those scenes. Uh, That being said, I thought the actual sort of the funeral cocktail hour i guess i don't know what to call it on the veranda uh i thought that scene was incredible like i thought the awkwardness everyone had towards everyone else and Mm -hmm. the just entire breakdown of communication like all this could be solved if characters just talk to each other if if you know the young generation you could see them wanting to like reach out and and like give their condolences to each other and try to forge bonds. But because of all the poison and vitriol that's been spewed from their parents and grandparents, they, they are just unable to. Uh, And so that scene was incredible. And then obviously the, the, the post eye gouging scene um,
1: was was remarkable.
0: Like one of my favorite
1: scenes of the series so far. Yeah, get all the actors in the room together and have them yell at each other. Like, again, it's a a remarkable we go from, like, the Rings of Power doing what it does very well, which is show you the money, uh, to, like, this going, this is what we do really well. It's like we hire a bunch of very famous British actors, put them in a room together, and just have them yell at each other and maybe try to stab each other, but maybe not, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I really, really, really like this episode, uh... Him, him stealing the dragon. I was kind of waiting for him to just fall off the back of the dragon, and I thought that would be kind of funny,
0: uh, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. <laughs> and then he gets his eye poked out. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the, the, the yeah, the, I, I like how big they made the dragon feel. Like, uh, like yeah. most characters could just kind of like hop on the back. He has to like climb a cargo net to get on top of it. Which again, I, even- I had to like watch and squint and sort of be like, is this what he's doing?
1: When it starts moving and he like almost gets tossed off it, not even as it's running, as it's standing up, like oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the the scene with the 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 kids was
1: way
0: more brutal than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, yeah. Those kids, those kids don't fucking play. <laughs> kids stab uh, the damnedest things. Yeah, uh, kids stab the damnedest things. Uh, going on the uh, the subreddit. It is insane how split 50 50 people are to Ooh. being on Eamon's Green side for that fight. Yeah. And then being like, them being like, Eamon should have clobbered all of them with a rock. They like assaulted him <laughs> four on one. And then being like, it's four children. And he just came <laughs> there and was like, hey, I stole your mom's dragon after <laughs> yeah. like <at> her funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, like I I do love by the way that it's not like we're not it's like Allison and R- 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 era it's like no no the kids the kids should brain each other this yeah just ex-
0: yeah I thought that it was, was great yeah and I also liked how they haven't really done a great job of like for a show called House of the Dragons of like really going into all the dragon stuff of how like the when a, like a dragon kind of makes its decision and that like supersedes like oh you did this too soon like the dragon doesn't give a shit. Like the dragon's not like, you know, the dragon's kind of sad and mourning, but it wants to bond with another rider. And, you know, it bonded with Eamon. It was, it was like, well, this kid has got the hood's foot to come here and not get blown away by my fire and didn't fall <laughs> off. So there you go. We're, we're I pals know. now. I, I, Most I also, people
1: would take a little time after a funeral, but this one wasn't dragging its feet. Sorry, Nick. Uh, well, I
2: was going to say they haven't really made like the dragons a threat yet until this episode. And then that line where they're like, yeah, we got a dragon out of this. And now they're like these pieces of a puzzle and power play, which I, I really like I'm curious. I can't wait to see like the dragon fights that are going to come from this. Cause like that's going to be fun. Yeah. And much. it's, it's <laughs> not, not just the, dragon, the money but like
0: Vagar's. I think Vega is like the biggest, he dragon. is the biggest existing dragon yeah. that they know of. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that like very much changed the sort of the entire tides of the, of the war um, of the upcoming I mean, war. And
2: that's, um, a, it's a, I think it's like a really cool metaphor for like our maybe a very dark metaphor for like our current age of time, like the dragons are the nuclear
0: option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very much like an yeah. arms race. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah, but I liked I I again I just thought everything in that um in that scene where they finally get everyone together in that tinderbox of a room, and, yeah. and you know, when Allison is demanding an eye for an eye, and even to point where <laughs> she's yeah. like, Sir Kristen, bring me an eye, and he's like, I protect you. If even Kristen's like, Listen, lady, this is a little nuts for me, yeah,
1: it's like, but then he's still, the he who- still gonna do it. <laughs> Who do you think I am? The guy who ruins family occasions by murdering people? (laughs) Also, how did he get out of that one?
0: Like, we're we're talking about how Halbrand, like, how did he get out of murdering those? That guy just murdered that man at
1: that wedding. There's no repercussions. I think I think I think he understands it's like a two strike system. It's like if he hadn't killed that that guy, he maybe could have taken the eye, but he can't kill that guy. And yeah, yeah, you know, it's like I just assumed like the the Kingsguard
0: union is like the strongest union in the realm. And so, so guy, I got the union backing me. Can't lose my job. So,
1: but there is that moment where he he does kind of look to Graham McTavish, and Graham McTavish, who was like one of the quiet MVPs of the show, yeah, primarily just reaction shots, just stands yeah. there and looks, looks at, him at him, and him it's like, like, no, 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 yeah. no <laughs> yeah. yeah, you will not. <laughs> yeah, he did that a couple times
0: in the episode. Like they made <laughs> yeah. uh, like some homophobic joke about uh, Lenora, and then he looked to Graham, and Graham's like, no. Not feeling that one either. Not a great one. <laughs> yeah. Not a good look. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Graham McTavish is very much the vibe check of like yeah. the, House of the dragon. It's like if you got him on your
2: side, you're good. You're, good. you're doing good. What's yeah. also uh, what's Allison's dad's name again? Uh,
0: Otto Hightower. Otto. Yeah, Otto, Otto
2: Hightower. It, the, the the drunk son. He just goes over and like literally kicks him in the face. It's like get up. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> no, he, had, he looks around first to make sure that nobody can yeah. see him kick the presumptive kick king the, yeah. kick the prince <laughs> yeah. again uh, like we're going we're going proper uh sort of like is it lannister tywin lannister and his grandson kind of behavior here it's like oh okay yeah. I, I gotta yeah, sort yeah. this shit out oh he uh-huh.
0: is absolutely this like like you can see even from like next time they're gonna try to seat him on the throne and he's gonna be like well i, I can seat this shit kid on the throne but I'll be the one who's actually in charge so he's got heavy <laughs> heavy Tywin vibes yeah. also shout out to Viserys still not being dead like <laughs> yeah. what a, he what a dude <laughs> he should have been dead before the time jump and we got another time jump coming up and I don't think he's going to be dead yet
1: <laughs> uh, wait like the, the season finale is going to be him rising from his tomb it turns out he was just sleeping time. He's going to be the night <laughs> king <laughs> yeah. there's there's a twist <laughs> yeah i oh, yeah. um,
0: i think my yeah, my, my <laughs>
2: Two of my two two things about the show. One, my favorite thing is like there is so much like interdrama between characters, and they're doing a really job of like navigating all that. Where you know, like Otto Hightower and Allison have their own plot. The series is just trying to be a good guy. Renarius is, you know, I guess going. She's going full meanie now. She's like everybody's out to kill me. I am going to kill all you first. <laughs> uh, and then I like the plot. Um, the line between. Uh, uh shit i can't remember uh the king of the sea what's his what's his name
1: sea snake sea snake yeah, yeah. so corliss. Sir corliss.
2: corliss corliss uh there's so many names to remember across all these shows oh, a lot of names uh i like his whole line about like nobody cares about blood they just care about name and legacy and yeah that that was interesting you know because the whole show is fire and blood and he's like nope names are more important <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like, this episode is about how water is more important than both fire and blood. Yeah. Like, it opens very explicitly with, well, to, from water we come and to water we will return. And with, like, the yeah. characters escaping across the sea at the end to escape both their names and the coming civil war that will, like, destroy all the households. I yeah. actually really like liked that scene, again, because it, it ties into this whole fascination the show has with birth, where it's like, the only she makes the point there that like this should go to uh, Le- and apologies I'm going to mangle this pronunciation is it Lena's uh, children who she knows have to be her grandchildren because yes. she is Lena's mother and Lena is the mother of those kids there can be no intermediate involvement there whereas on the other hand Rhaenyra's children. Are not her grandchildren, even yeah. though they are Rhaenyra's children. So logically, we should be giving it to the children that we know belong to us, that are our blood. And I love that Corliss is like, if, if we if we did that, we'd have to acknowledge that like women determine uh, <laughs> you know, the the power yeah. and the way in which the name kind of passes. No, no, no. We're gonna do this like patriarchy does. We're gonna do this like men names. Yeah. It's all in names. Yeah, and
0: I, yeah, I love seeing Rhaenyse like you know carry the the. The slight she got decades ago When she should have been named queen Like she yeah. was the rightful heir to the throne In the in the prologue scene And she was passed over because she was a woman And she's carried that her whole life And now at this point she's like well, I'm not going to be fucking dealing with any of this anymore Like I'm going to be doing this the way I want to do it And uh, yeah I mean all these characters are great And I, I see there's, there is a complaint I, I see from some people on the internet That there's no like characters You can just be like I love this character and they are good And there's no Jon Snow and there's no Arya and there's no Tyrion, even though folks like Arya and Tyrion do things where you're like, uh, Um, and I find it especially interesting that to. So this isn't a book spoiler, it's just how it differed from the book. So in the book, they actually did kill him. Yeah, they didn't let him escape. This wasn't a secret plot to let him you know him him and his his you know his his buddy sail off to the east and and you know start a new life on the continent uh they they literally fucking murdered him and so i thought they were going to do that right up until the end of the episode and i was like jesus this is like how how are people going to like are people going to still be like yay rainero when it's like man you murdered this guy who you just said he's a good man You know, he had he had that scene, which I loved, where he said, like, oh, I wish I wasn't born like this. And she said, I'm glad you were because, like, you're a good and honest man. And that's very rare. In, in, in these times which but also yeah. I will step over you on my way to the throne yeah yeah and also like you need to fake your death and you need to get out of here <laughs> right now which is what right. he wanted well, he wanted that anyway
2: he wanted to go off to war so. yeah he didn't, so, want to,
1: he didn't want to be there some, some poor volunteer who we tossed on the fire instead <laughs> yeah um,
0: that's the one guy that was like, yeah, <laughs> like oh you stabbed that dude's neck
1: yeah but like, and part of me, if I'm being very cynical, part of me feels very much like this is overcorrecting for like Game of Thrones, and even argued earlier this season where the show got a lot of criticism, and some of it very fair for its treatment of its kind of gay characters, and again mm. the whole barrier gays trope. And part yeah. of me is wondering if the writers didn't sit down and kind of realize the optics of well, we can't kill off all our gay characters again, yeah. so we need another way out of this box. But yeah. Part of me is also like it. Does soften Rhaenyra a great deal. Like, well, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the criticism that you've seen, which is like, there's none of these we can unambiguously root for. Yeah, I kind of, I've almost seen the opposite criticism. I think like the Ringer brought it up, and it's something I've been kind of picking away at my own brain, which is the way in which like, I honestly do think the show is picking sides. I think like the show wants you to root for the Blacks over the Greens. Mm-hmm. I think the show, like, I think Allison's motivations are perfectly reasonable. I think Allison's complaints are perfectly fair. Yeah. I think Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra in particular, has been just awful to Alicent. But I think the show has generally presented uh, Rhaenyra as, like, the character who is decent forthright and who wants what's best, whereas Alicent is making impetuous decisions, making bad choices in the moment, being overly emotional and being manipulative and unable to confront her problems directly. And I do think that the show maybe is leaning a little bit towards pushing the audience into Rhaenyra's camp and I I think that say sparing Lenore is a major part of that where if she had she had killed Lenore particularly after that wonderful moment that you mentioned the show would be like whoa but her not killing him feels like it's like oh no but she maybe she's a decent person underneath it all sorry Nick
2: no I was gonna say I agree with you because like um I'm definitely more on the side of Rhaenyra and part of that too is just Allison's kids are shitheads (laughs) (laughs) one of them is David
0: Tennant's kid um, the eldest yeah, son, yeah, that's is, right. The oldest, is, yeah, the the, 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 the one who was in the masturbatorium. We talked yeah. about the masturbatorium last week. The, the, the one who did like the rest.
1: pulled the Roman Roy, yeah, pulled yeah. the Roman Roy. He yeah. did
0: pull the Roman Roy. Yeah. That's what you we're calling call it now? these days, kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, her character, her kids are shitheads, but I. Her kids are characters, at least. Yes, yeah, her, yeah, Renero's <laughs> so kids have, for them. yeah. Renero's kids are, haven't done really anything, but I, I don't, I don't know what the difference between the two of them is. I, I don't them. either. Blind, um, but like three of them. I, don't know. Well, I like do
1: because she had one last. She has a baby somewhere. Yeah, she has yeah, a baby right?
0: somewhere. I forgot about that. <laughs>
1: How
0: come the baby wasn't in that fight? The baby should have been willing to throw the pocket sand. I, no, they know.
1: should have been. They should have been using the baby as the bludgeon. Well, I, uh, yeah. I think.
2: Part of it is just like she's tried to keep them away from all that stuff and, like, not. I almost feel like it's intentional that nobody cares about them because she doesn't want anybody to really care about them. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, almost trying to keep them, like, as, like,
2: conspicuous
0: and. Yeah,
2: yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not supposed to. I guess, in the grand scheme
0: of things, they don't matter, really. You no, know? because <laughs> the funny thing is, all Allison's, like, complaints and claims that you know these bastard children shouldn't be on the throne that was what ned stark was after like that's what our hero of season one of game of thrones was saying is that these like three lannisters whose hair do not match the color of their fathers
1: Well, I mean, like not not to get not not to lean too heavily into this and Marty, I'm aware you're not feeling your best this week, so I'm not going to lay too heavily on this. But it Please. does feel like both you and Allison got your wishes in that there is going to be a pure-blooded like, <laughs> heir ready for the throne, a product of holy union of incest. Um, we finally got there, people. It was inevitable.
0: You know, and I'm and I'm excited too because he's now wed to uh, his sister. The, yeah. Who keeps playing with spiders and s- mumbling prophecies? So good for her. <laughs> hey, yeah,
2: the uh, the age gap in there, like the incest, fine. The age gap, that was what concerned
1: what? me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean? Well, that that was that was the thing. Is, it's his brother's daughter. <laughs> like what? Well, that's 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 the weird thing with like that episode before the time jump, where yeah. it was like where she was played by Millie Alcock, and it was like, no, 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 Matt Smith can't seduce Millie Alcock. Not because of the incest but because of the age difference yeah. Yeah. now now that she's played by emma darcy it's it's still weird god this is how am i going to sound
0: like the, the defender of this people keep saying it's weird i'm like you just have to like you just have to go you with think it dragons <laughs> are weird you have to like you have to give yourself over to the show to like to believe in the rules of the show <laughs>
1: it's, I, I just want like for the escapist like best bits that we do this <laughs> month i just want marty leaning forward and saying you have to give yourself into <laughs> yeah. the incest just um
0: uh, it's just fiction like i, I don't to know you the, gotta you have to give the incest
1: like if if,
0: <laughs> if every time there's sister kissing on this show we're gonna be like oh my stars like you're gonna be doing that a lot because the show's gonna have a ton of sister kissing like this that's, show. that's 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 right marty we we're,
1: we're the prudes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're the ones who are wrong.
0: I, You'll see. The I, Targaryens I, will finally get a pure blood on the throne, and everything will be fine. And I, nothing yeah. bad will ever happen.
2: The, the yeah. only, the only thing I'm like super curious. Like the re- the next episode is gonna be fucking. I think it's gonna be funny because Viserys is gonna learn that his brother did end up mar- marrying his daughter, and that he's just gonna like chop off his other arm. And be like I'm out of here. I'm done. No more.
0: <laughs> no, it's gonna be fine though because it's gonna be. Uh, I think it That'll was him- more that it was out of wedlock,
1: <laughs> right? That's why no, Viserys there, was mad. There was there was a conversation. No, well, okay, well, there were two conversations taking place. First of which was, yes, you you quote unquote despoiled her um, and like ruined her chances to be married yeah. to somebody else. But then there was also the bit where Damon's like, "Don't worry, I got a solution for you, Viserys. How's about <laughs> I make an honest woman out of her?" Wink, wink, and Viserys <laughs> was also like, "You sick fuck, who are you, Marty <laughs> yeah. Silva? Get out of my!" <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, I'll sweet the pot. I'll go kill my first wife. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> With I, a I, rock. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the horse did <laughs> no. most damage. The rock was only like the last one percent.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, your, he was your put, grandkids
0: will fucking kill for this rock.
2: He was, uh, yeah, he was put in a rock in a hard place
0: ah nice. nice uh even though he's impotent uh <laughs> okay we're good he's not impotent he's got children he's got two kids <laughs> oh yeah i don't I know, know. He, just he, to, he just
1: has to get excited it takes a right yeah, I woman guess he didn't he his really niece. didn't like yes. anybody
2: he was both before yeah. <laughs>
1: his <laughs> niece it's nice with your niece apparently um <laughs> you're trying to pronounce a, a, a place a, in a france, france. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, um any last thoughts on I, that before we move to Andor?
2: Yeah, uh, there's just going to be a lot of interesting reactions in next week's episode. Like Allison is going to lose her shit.
1: <laughs> Viserys, um. Viserys, everybody's going to lose <laughs> their shit. Yeah, Viserys is going to have a heart attack, and it'll take like twenty years off his life, so he'll be gone by the end of season two. <laughs> Viserys needs a health bar. That's what it is. Like a video game. Like, we need to
0: know. But it'd be less like a normal video game health bar and more like Smash Brothers, where he keeps the, going up and he's not dead yeah. yet. But it's like, he's so close. He's like 400% yeah. somehow. Yeah. Someone's going to just. Oh, a, a brisk wind's going to blow by and then he's going to die. Yeah.
2: I thought he. I so. thought. I half thought he died in the carriage when he fell asleep. He was just like, yeah, I'm. I'm.
0: i'm not taking another
1: ship ride guys i have a theory they've been weakened at bernie's (laughs) (laughs) it's a really great the reason why gray mctavish hasn't had much to do is because he's secretly a ventriloquist
2: uh, (laughs) at the very end of the episode they made a point that um renares was cut by valerian steel yeah yeah is
0: she also gonna get sick and die from that because it's not gonna heal right no, no. I think Valyrian steel is just that it cuts so cleanly that they said it was almost like an easy wound to. Oh, to yeah. Valyrian steel's it wasn't. So it wasn't the Valyrian steel that is Conflicted. caused the king all that yeah, shit. Yeah. It was like the all the blades on the <laughs> throne rusted <laughs> the rusted, <blade. laughs> the no, the rusted ass...
1: They they don't probably sanitize the, the, yeah. the iron yeah. throne yeah. very
0: frequently. Yeah, like if anything, that's that weight that is <laughs> that dagger is probably like the cleanest thing to be cut by. Like yeah. you could probably like you could probably use that to like cut your food afterwards. I, I did
2: also find... like he like after she took that from him, cut Rhaenyra's with it and then he just it just gets dropped on the floor and he's like fuck it. <laughs>
0: <was> like, <laughs> Pro- right.
2: Prophecy be damned, you guys are all fucked, I'm on my way out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll still be alive in 30 years, though. It's fine. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Um, okay. So, for our uh, last topic, we can uh, go over it quick. I don't have as many thoughts on uh, episode four of Andor uh, titled Adhani, um, other than I just think this show is really good. It's like a really dumb thing to say, but like the show, like, man, I'm just like fucking really excited that we're going to have this show for the next like two months to watch. Yeah.
1: Um, and presumably, just- it's going to be like four. Ninety-minute Star Wars movies is what it looks like. It's being structured to be, which is absolutely. And I'm so excited about this Star Wars
0: movie. Like I am so all in on this like plan of theirs. This like heist that's going to occur during this like crazy like meteor shower or some shit. I'm like, oh my god! I'm so excited to see what this is
1: going to look like. They have a model. They have a model, and they work so hard.
0: See, that's, that's like a good model. Whereas like the fucking Viserys, Viserys' model looks like shit compared to like their
1: model. <laughs> it's a whole but I, mean, I mean but it but it's also like you gotta you gotta factor in he did it in the wilderness, presumably, he had to transport it. You know, I mean look, Viserys yeah, he what? just yeah, Viserys just sends it off to the stonesmiths and they do the hard work. Like he sketches it. <laughs> you know, Alex Lothar, like yeah. put love and care into that model. Exactly. Like, exactly. Pardon me, I want like during the heist, I want like a moment where like Diego Luna looks over his shoulders, like where we're like Wow, fifty kilos overweight, and it turns around. He's like the model is in the back of the. No, because <laughs> there's no way you're leaving that behind. He's like, I'll go. I'll jump over. <laughs> yeah. I'll jump overboard.
0: Not the model. Um, yeah, thought thought the episode was great. I really loved the uh, that subtle transformation that Stellan Skarsgård has to go through in order to become this like, you know, rich socialite, and how like this is the costume he's putting on. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. Like he was almost like hitting yeah. his marks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the the scene with Mon Mothma, I thought was really great. Uh, uh, yeah, and then everything in the wilderness. I don't know. I'm just it's a
2: Star
1: Wars really dinner up- party. That's that's like, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's everything every- I want from Star Wars right now. It's an a- upper crust dinner party between a couple who are going through a slow motion marital breakdown. Yep, that is yeah. exactly what I want, and I'm not being ironic or sarcastic in the least. It, yeah,
2: it's such a it's it. A, I really like the show. It almost just feels weird watching it though because there is so much dialogue in a Star Wars thing. Like it's not you know the the whole uh, stuff with them and the uh, uh, like going over the f- the financial statements or whatever. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is like really in the weeds, Star Wars, like. And I'm like, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> like, it's not. Every- <laughs> I, I, I,
1: like, I'm like, give me more, Anton Lesser, please. Like, yeah. let, let Anton Lesser talk more about fiscal balancing in the budget. Like. Yeah. I-
2: No, Darren went too
0: far into the balance sheet.
1: (laughs) No, no, you went too far. (laughs) He he went too (laughs) far. He's just gone.
0: He's fully gone. Oh, now he's. Oh no, he's back. (laughs) Hello, you lost me. I was
2: just. Yeah, you started getting into numbers, and the stream was just like nah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Nick said you went too far into the balance sheet. Okay, I'm just gonna turn the camera on here. There we go. Boom. Perfect. Sorry about that. But yeah, no, like it's it's like the fact that it's a Star Wars show that is like no, the emperor run the empire runs on budgets. Like that's. Like, the fact that, like, you have people goosing their, like, incarceration numbers to increase their budgets to increase, like, the (laughs) amount of money or credits that are allocated to them, which feels revelatory when you're watching Star Wars. Like, yeah, of course these people are getting paid, and of course it's a bureaucracy, and of course it's going to be like every other system in the history of mankind. It's great. I love it so much.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like, like, we got, we actually got quite a bit of that talk in, like, the Clone Wars and then uh, Rebels. Yeah two and it's never come to live action, so it's it's kind of an adjustment period they're like, hey, they're actually trying to immerse you in the world of Star Wars, and it's not just plot point to plot point to plot point like it was in Mandalorian and all this other stuff. So I like I like it. Um and Andrew Hickam's asking, how's the fan reaction to Andor or people saying or are folks saying it's boring it has no laser swords and monsters and Star Destroyers like yeah, I mean like in the comments on like the last week's recap when we said like this was the best Star Wars that we've seen So far, like from Disney, I think uh, people are like, it's so slow and boring. It's just like, man, have you not watched any TV series? (laughs) Like, It's not supposed to be action every single episode.
1: But I also don't think think it's particularly boring. Like the the first three episodes are in in 90 minutes. Like they're a 90 minute movie. And that last one just roared. Like that last, that last of those three is amazing. Like it just, it just goes, 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 goes. I don't think it's boring. I just think it's paced. If there's yeah, a difference that's between the two,
2: what I think that's like the the Marvel stuff and and the way Disney's done Star Wars stuff and all that. Like I think like people just don't understand what pacing is anymore. Like it's yeah, you, know, you gotta mean, have it's almo- it's almost like in in the video games where like every ten minutes in an open world game you have to stumble upon something, and it's like you just live in and, and breathe and enjoy the world a little bit, and, you know, get immersed with it. Like, I feel, I feel like that with and It may not be for everybody. If you just, you know, we kind of talked about this last week, if you just want the action of Star Wars, like, you might not like this show, because it's a much more drama-fueled show than the other ones, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, like you said, it's... <laughs> I mean, Darren was making a joke earlier, but I completely agree We're like, the idea of this, like, fucking really awkward dinner party between, you know, with, with all these, like, high-ranking, like, Empire ass-kissers and then Mon Mothma there, like, trying to bite her tongue to get through this. Um, sounds incredible.
1: Like, this sounds like yeah. something I absolutely want to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's going to be cross-cut, presumably... With a heist. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. not as if that's the only thing that's going to happen. It's not as, yeah. as if we're going to cut to Mon Mothma in a bar and Coruscant scene being alive. Yeah, like It's like, yeah. no, we're going to be cross-cutting between that and like an attempt to infiltrate an Imperial facility and steal their quarterly payroll. So it's yeah. not as if it's just going to be that, but it is also going to be that, which excites me so much.
2: Yeah, the, the, books, the books get into a ton of the political stuff of Star Wars and it's super intriguing like on how they you know the Republic especially in the High Republic books I'm reading right now is like the the whole thing about the High Republic is like keeping all these plan all these systems and planets happy. And it's really tough to do that. And like they give you some insight into like just the daily lives of people in Star Wars. And like that's where like I wanted the T V stuff to go. Like I wanna see the larger universe of Star Wars. And so that's why I really like Andor is because I feel like we're getting that finally and it just you know it it makes everything not feel so small and it grounds things a bit more
0: yeah i think this makes star wars feel so much bigger which i think is so cool i think by focusing on these (laughs) very like intricate like micro details it makes star wars feel so much bigger like there's the scene with uh um i don't i don't remember the character's name but it's the actor who played kyburn
1: in game of thrones Yeah, that's Simon Lesser, or Adam Lesser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when it's Pentargic or something like that, there's a P and there's an A and a T and a P.
0: But yeah, I just love that speech when he asked her, like, what do we do here? And she's talking about, oh, we're in security. And he's like, no, this is we're healthcare providers (laughs) like we are here to like, you know, suss out symptoms and weaknesses and like and and cure them by any means necessary. Like I thought like like that was such a good speech. That was a speech that like I'd never in a thousand years thought would be in a Star Wars thing, especially on Disney Plus. then we got it and I'm like this is fucking incredible like this
1: this almost makes up for like Book of (laughs) Boba (laughs) Fett almost we're not we're not quite there yet but 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 but, (laughs) I mean and again things like the conversation that he has with the subordinate later where like this is a Disney plus Star Wars show aimed at like a family audience yeah but where he's basically like just so you're aware you're a diversity hire you're gonna be held to a double standard yeah you need to be aware of that and prepared for that whether it's fair or not this is an adult conversation we are having and I'm Whoa, this is yeah, this is like not can. what again, not what I expected to see in a Star Wars show, but now that it's there, I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm here. I'm absolutely here for this. Yeah. Again, it's it's kind of it's it's all this kind of stuff at the edges. Like again, it's it's very obvious that Tony Gilroy, who's like obviously writing the series, this episode was written by Dan Gilroy, he's writing the next two. I suspect those will be in ARC. But it's like you can tell that Tony Gilroy's like But why do I care about Star Wars? And why do you care about Star Wars? Like, what is it about Star Wars that you like and that I like and what makes us interested in it? And for the first time in, I think, like five years, the answer isn't that thing you saw one time with that dude we paid to come back. It's like, no, it's because this is a living, vibrant universe that allows you to play with these big ideas in interesting ways. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And like, that's why I I keep going back to uh, the Acolyte being really interested in that, because if, if they're going to be exploring stuff from the high republic which that's where the show is centered around like there's a lot of interesting politics around uh just the jedi alone that they have never explored i mean they've explored like in passing in the movies and all that through their council meetings and everything like that but not really like how much they have to give up just to be a jedi and like there's you know the Sith side of it too and I, uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope like Disney's looking at Andor and like the critical reviews have been really good. I, I haven't seen so much from like the actual fan reactions, but I just this almost feels like a soft reboot of how they handle Star Wars. I'm kind of hoping, but
1: not. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is worth noting that this is the first Star Wars show I'm aware of that they sent out screeners for, which says a lot. That it's like, we actually trust this product to be good enough that we're going to let you see a bunch of it before we release it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to ex- that, that thing where studios say, we want critics and audiences to experience it together, which should always, always make <laughs> you very nervous.
2: Yeah. yeah. Same thing <laughs> in video games, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like, going back to the, like, looping all the way back to where I started this podcast to talk, like, my cynicism towards Marvel and, like, directors just being allowed to be do what they do like and and or and even werewolf by night by some extent i haven't seen it yet but um it feels like disney's maybe starting to come back around to that idea of like maybe we can have some more artistic creative things that aren't just you know corporate product
0: i'm expecting uh, one hope. step forward two steps back okay. yeah, that, that's, that's, it. that's that's i'm, I'm yeah. just very
1: happy we have andor right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like that's it like andor seemed to have happened by accident which is kind of terrifying and like it, it's things you hear like the announcements about the directors of the upcoming marvel projects where there are people like i i'm not a betting man don't hold me to this but if it happens i'm going to claim i'm a genius i would not be surprised if the new director of the blade movie turns out to be a director of one of the marvel tv shows
0: I would, I would bet money it's going to be the uh, guys who did
1: the the Miss Marvel pilot. Miss <laughs> Marvel. Well, that would yeah, be good uh, because they do, they do. Yeah, but they also did like Bad Boys for Life, which is exactly yeah, the. Really great directors. They, yeah. they, are, they are, but also Bad Boys for Life is the third Bad Boys movie, and I will never get over that. Um, they really but, yeah. fucked. They should have just made one more,
0: and then you could <laughs> yeah, have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bad Boys Forever, I guess, is the, yeah. is the fourth one. But like Bad Boys for Life is much better than it should be. And yeah, those yeah. guys deserve it if they get it.
0: Yeah.
2: Andrew, Andrew I was "Pretty sure letting <laughs> Tycho what? what what TD do what he wanted with Thor was a mistake, judging from the reception to it. Well, I mean, it's not every uh, every time you yeah, give Ragnarok a director wasn't a mistake. Yeah, Ragnarok I, wasn't. I didn't. I haven't seen the new one, but I, I mean, us I saying that though doesn't mean everything that every time you let a director do what they want, it's going to be good. But I'd rather have something experimental and try to do something different than just <laughs> you know,
1: yeah." I, I would also, well, I mean, yes, Stephen Norrington, I see the comments suggesting Stephen Norrington, director of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and obviously the original Blade. Um, but I, I, what I would say to that is, first of all, The internet is not real life. Uh, I would point out that, like, for all that the internet says that, like, reaction to something like uh, Multiverse of Madness or Love and Thunder is divisive. It's worth noting that, like, Multiverse of Madness made, like, $900 million. Uh, It outgrossed the first Doctor Strange. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder outgrossed Thor Ragnarok without having access to Russia or China as markets as well. Um, I suspect those movies are doing just fine. Um, And, like... Yes, I do accept that sometimes directors make bad choices on their own, but they make choices and you allow directors to make bad choices because sometimes they make good choices. And when they make good choices, those good choices are transcendental. You, you don't get one without the other. Um, without being flippant, you don't get Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy without like Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. You get to have both. You can't have one or the other. And the good stuff makes it worth the bad.
0: You don't get them without Zack Snyder's Guardians of Gahul. I
1: mean the anti fascist the anti-fascist owl movie that is a classic. <laughs> but uh, Rebel, I don't know that a
0: pro-fascist owl movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is fair. That is very fair. Um,
0: um, all right, do we want to <laughs> we want to wrap up with uh, stuff we've been watching? Darren, you got a couple things on your list. You want to give some? Uh, uh, can, you, can you talk about the? You could talk
1: about. Uh, I uh, I'm, some... I'm particularly interested in Amsterdam. Okay, which comes out okay, right. here talk about Amsterdam, it is not very good. know to It's
2: it no very more, good, no
1: more. It's already no, dead. <laughs> uh, frankly, 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 my dear, I don't give an Amsterdam, unfortunately. No, <laughs> I mean, again, um, this is the thing where obviously David O. Russell is a very storied, very scandaled director. Google David O. Russell scandals and all that sort of stuff. But separating the art from the artist, um, I've actually been quite fond of a lot of his earlier work. I'm very fond of like, Silver Lion's playbook, for example. Very fond of Three Kings. Same. This... This is just inert for me. I it, It's kind of dead on arrival. It's a movie that's trying to be two things. It's trying to be this story about an unlikely friendship between three friends, uh, one of whom is played by John David Washington, the other one is played by Christian Bale, the third one is Margot Robbie, and about how they forge a connection after the First World War in Amsterdam, a place that is apart from all the rules of society and all the stuff that governs them. And then on the other hand, it also wants to be a sweeping historical epic about the business plot, which was a plot to replace Franklin D. Roosevelt with a military dictator in the United States in the 1930s. And it can't be both of those things simultaneously. It can't be a story about three characters who find happiness outside of history, while also being the story of how those same three characters change the course of history. And the two of those elements never really gel together. And it constantly stops and starts because it has to tend to those two tracks separately. And I was just, I was very frustrated by it. It's also got uh, and it's, like one of the wildest casts I've ever seen. It's got a frankly astounding cast. And it yeah. really feels like the direction was do whatever. Like it's populated by like comedy duos. So you have like for example, like Michael Shannon and Mike Myers play two secret agents over the course of the movie. That sounds and it's so like good. And it but it, but it's like if you put like if you have a secret agent duo and one of them is Michael Shannon, he should be the wild one. Yeah. You can't have Michael Shannon and then put him next to Michael Myers and ask the two of them to just keep like one upping each other. Yeah. It gets exhausting. The same thing happens where you have, is it uh, Alessandro Nivola, the guy who was in like Many Saints of Newark and has mm-hmm. been around since the 90s. And he's paired up with Matthias Schonertz as like two cops. And again, there's this weird thing where like the direction, you can tell that it feels like Russell was like, I like one of you better than the other. The two of you are going to have to act for my love and it's whoever can go bigger wins and it yeah. just becomes kind of like overwhelming and exhausting it becomes this weird again very cartoonish very exaggerated thing but it doesn't work because this is supposed to be a story about something that quote-unquote really happened mm-hmm. and so you end up with this weird dissonance between the two and it's female characters are less than great because it does the same thing with them we've like Anya Taylor-Joy and Andrea Riseborough, who again two of the finest talents of their generation and they're given these horrible thankless Characters who are like again cartoon caricatures. By the way, it does also feature Rami Malik to bring us back full circle here inexplicably. Uh, and he does have a mustache again. Wonderful. Yeah. How's Taylor Swift? Uh I don't want to throw her under the bus because Timothy Elephant does that early in the movie. Uh anyway. Ah, <laughs> um she's better than she was in cats, although cats was not her fault. I feel like it's very important <laughs> to emphasize that. Cats was um, not her fault. Cats no, cat- the fault of a lot of people. None of, none of them hers. I mean, Tom Hooper mainly um, is probably the person who deserves the most blame for mm-hmm. that. By the way, did you guys hear that? i not, Have I mentioned this on the podcast before? It feels like I might have. The reason why some of the cats in Cats wear shoes is because apparently they were worried that Taylor Swift's feet mm-hmm. would end up on fetish websites, Um, yeah. which is vaguely, vaguely depressing Gross. and tells you everything you need to know <laughs> about the world in which we live. Um, Other stuff I saw, I saw Werewolf by Night, which I can talk about very briefly. I can't give a full review. I liked it. Uh, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. I didn't love it. But it's exciting. It's fun. It's made with a lot of love and affection for the movies that it is aping. Um, It maybe doesn't go as far as it could in some respects. Uh, it does suffer a little bit from having like a lot of the MCU banter, uh, but it is—it's good fun. It's only fifty-one minutes, and it moves quickly enough. And Giacchino, who is directing, and Zoe White, who's the cinematographer, are having a great time with it as well. Uh, I watched Blackbird, the TV show, on Nick's recommendation, hey. so thank I you. I thought very this much was going to be the um, the Michael Flatley.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> No, I saw that weeks ago. Um, we, I know, that's why I thought it was weird that no, you only talking about that. Marty. Like, I want to like, hear about his thoughts on this show. We,
1: we, 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 don't have, we don't have time to talk about Just, Michael I don't Bartley, think that Blackbird. movie's ever
0: going to be allowed in the United States.
1: <laughs> no. I, I like the idea that like I show up to the United States and I have Blackbird in my luggage and like, get out. It's
2: like,
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I really like Blackbird. It's on Apple TV+, based on a true story, written by Dennis Lehane. And I actually really like the way that it avoids... It's a true crime story, but it avoids sensationalizing itself, which I thought was very impressive. Um, There are several moments where it kind of threatens to veer off in directions that would be kind of absurdist or sensationalist, but it's actually very grounded and rooted in its two central performances. I really loved, uh, is it Paul Walter Hauser, uh, who is phenomenal uh, here. He's great in everything. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in, uh, but he's really great here as uh, like a guy locked up for a bunch of murders. um, Who? Larry, yes. Larry, who is not... uh, not somebody who you necessarily want to be getting particularly close to. Uh, my skin was crawling and I was on an oh, airplane watching yeah. it. I, yeah. that
2: show, like, sometimes yeah. those those true crime shows, like, can make you really uncomfortable. This is one of those shows that will really make you feel uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> and, and it does that without being, like, tacky. No, or yeah, kind of it's bright. not. It doesn't
2: show. Yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't glorify like anything. It doesn't, like, and that's what yeah. I was surprised about. Like, they don't, because, you know, when you watch these true crime things, like, my mom watches these things. And she's like, why do you play those violent video games? I'm like, mom, you watch these <laughs> true crime things where they recreate crimes where they're literally chopping people up <laughs> yeah, into bits? <laughs> like,
1: but that, that's exactly it. Like, it was interesting to watch this the week that Dahmer came out, which is like, you know, ground A for like sensationalizing this stuff. Yeah. And again, the same summer that like Nope came out, which is a movie about like the horrors of how we, you know, turn pain into spectacle and stuff. Yeah, I thought yeah. Blackbird was really well done. And there is a moment where I kind of almost teared up where they do give a victim a voice. Um, it happens late in the show. There's an episode that's narrated by one of the victims. Mm-hmm. And it features a line in there that actually nearly broke my heart. It's a really good TV show. I would hardly recommend episodes it. Is it. It's only six episodes. Yeah. I watched it in an, on the flight uh, yeah, from Dublin. I know. It's like it's like an Irishman and a half long. I watched The Irishman on the way back because <laughs> that's my safe place. Um, and uh, then finally, The Woman King, which I saw in an Alamo draft house while I was over in the States because, of course, I went to an Alamo draft house. Uh, they should have them everywhere. They're fantastic. Aren't they uh, incredible? That's the thing I, I miss about San Francisco the most. Yeah. They bring you food. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, the popcorn's <laughs> Um, yeah. I feel bad that I didn't see a longer movie. I should have seen The Irishman in an AMC draft house. Yeah. <laughs> um, just keep popcorning me, please. Uh, but I like The Woman King a lot. Um, it's very much an old-fashioned 90s throwback. It reminded me of, a lot of something like, say, Braveheart or something like, say, Gladiator, so... where taking kind of like these liberties with history, but to do it in a way that is very kind of playful and very engaging. And again, is it Gina uh, prince Brycewood? Is that the name of the Yeah, yeah she directed she's, the... Um, she, she, the Old Guard. The which Love I
0: liked, actually. I, I didn't think yeah. it was great, but in terms of Netflix action movies, I thought it was a cut above most
1: well, of them. That's it. It's like she's you can tell looking at her work that she loves 90s action movies mm-hmm. um, like that these th- that was a throwback to like Mercs on a Mission movie even though it's very much a superhero origin story you can tell that she's like no I like the part of this that is just people with like guns getting shit done and it's like okay it's been a while since I've had one of those it's like The Expendables but if like you didn't have to cut around the fact that most of them can't lift their elbow above their shoulder. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I really, really like The Woman King. I had a really, really good time. Fantastic cast. Viola Davis, as you might imagine, one of the greatest living actors of her generation. Lachana Lynch, uh, incredibly charming, should yeah. be a movie star, should be doing everything. Uh, and just, yeah, had a really, really good time with it. So would recommend most of those, except for Amsterdam. Sorry, Marty. Hmm.
0: Well, I'm going to go see it anyways and infect everyone in the theater with COVID. No, I won't. I'm not going to go out while I have COVID. I'm going to wait and I'm going to see it afterwards okay. and it's going to be fine. I'm going to okay, hate it. Gonna, I'm going to be mad. It's, it's
1: it's you're going to rustle up some, <laughs> in, rustle up some enthusiasm is, for it. Is, is it, it better can, than
0: Huckabees? So Twitter gets mad at you again.
1: Ooh, interesting. No, I, I have a soft spot for Huckabees. I actually, I actually do too. I think it's like a yeah. giant mess, but I kind of, it, it's a mess. Yeah. But like, this is a movie where I was struggling to stay awake watching. Now, I may have been oh, jet lagged, yeah. but like it's a bad sign when you are struggling to stay awake in a movie about a plot to overthrow the U.S. government. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I just really want to quickly touch on Blonde. Uh,
0: Like it had, had to be inspired by Firewalk with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it yeah. was like the, the score, first off, sounds like 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 Laura Palmer's theme. Yeah. Uh, and like her whole journey, I'm just like, oh, this is just Firewalk with me, except uh, it has twice no compassion. as long. <laughs> <It> has, <laughs> twice as long, and has no compassion for its character whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was beautiful. Uh, I never want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I it am. was like really, really beautifully shot. Uh, I, th- I it feels like th- they hate. Monroe, and i'm not sure why um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think they
1: hate beauty i think they hate the idea of beauty is yeah I mean. yeah
0: and then uh uh yeah and I, I i watched it with like 103 degree fever and um i was like well um hopefully he takes less time to make his next movie and i enjoy it more so because i think <laughs> assassination of jesse james is probably one of my five favorite movies of the, the century
1: yeah um, and i re i rewatched uh what did i watch the other one which is killing them softly, killing which them softly. Is massively underrated as well yeah um but yeah, no, Blonde is down the bottom of my rankings. And it's been a while since I've seen Chopper. Um, yeah. But as you said, I think it's I think it's beautiful. I don't ever feel the need to watch it again. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it's uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. Uh, and it's like it's hammering you with the point that it's making. And it's a good point, but it doesn't need to be made over the course of three hours. No,
0: no. Win. And characters are allowed to like take a win once in a three hour <laughs> movie. Like you can get a win. You can have one win. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andrew Hickebob did counterpoint, though, says some do like it hot, Marty. That is true. That's very good. That was a, that was a nice little Marilyn Monroe joke. I, I hear um, the gentlemen do, in fact, prefer blondes. They do. Yeah. Um, and then they get very mad and then they walk off stage and then they take a bunch of pills. <laughs> um, and yeah, Jump Blade is Andrew Dominic, Same uh, same director. His fourth movie,
1: I guess. And he also did a couple episodes of Manhunter as well. Which, Mindhunter, Yes. Manhunter. Yes. Which again is the most absurdly overqualified director like TV show ever. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few of those where it's like Fincher's yeah, like, I just Fincher. got a couple of my buddies. Yeah, I just got a couple yeah, of my buddies. Yeah. The, the guys who take three years to make a feature film, maybe five years, maybe even seven years to make a movie. I just had them in knock yeah. out a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I do, be, I do yeah. love the Fincher's like there's not gonna be any more Mindhunter because I'm too fucking tired. I, I, <laughs> I kind of admire I kind of admire the showrunner being like, I tried being a TV showrunner. Not
0: my speech. He's nowhere mind hunter because you didn't fucking respect Mank, you animals.
1: <laughs> I, I gave you Mank and you gave me nothing in return. Oh, you should do a crossover it Should be Mank Hunters. Mank Hunters. <laughs> oh my God, Nick, can yeah, we do Mank like- Hunters?
0: <laughs> Nick's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't recognize all these words in this combination.
0: No. Uh, I mean, I watched my Hunter*. *Mine Hunter* is great. Yeah, and then oh, I'm okay. going to go over uh, next week. I'll go over. Uh, I've been slowly watching all the new uh, fall anime premieres. I'm going to give you Ooh. all next week. i gonna give you my thoughts on them. Would that be some weep weep shit?
1: I might. That's going to be some weep shit. That's going be
0: some weep shit. There's one called *Chainsaw Man*, and let me tell you, woo, revving up. It's just a man who's a chainsaw. It's great. Okay. <laughs> all right. is, is or chainsaw, chainsaw a man.
1: man? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well you have to tune in next week to find out. Oh. Is, um, it, is it off the chain? I'm <laughs> yeah. glad
1: you saw so
0: Oh my god, what is happening? There's too much going on. Nick, get us out of here. Um Nick, did you watch anything? Do you want to just I, go over the super, I, super chat
2: No, I I've been watching uh Peaky Blinders. I I finally got hmm. um through season five. I'd already watched season one through four, just it'd been a while I forgot season five came out. Uh, so I, there's like Netflix did this like really cool thing for Peaky Blinders. I don't know if they've done it for other shows just because I haven't looked, but um, they have like a nice 20 minute recap of season one through four. That's like oh, narrate, nice. narrated by Killian Murphy and Cillian Ooh. Murphy. How do, you, how do you say his first name? Killian. Killian, Killian. Killian. I said it right the first time. Um, yeah, it's narrated by him and, and it like goes over all the major plot points and it's like, fun to watch and it's not it's almost like an episode on its own and not just like Mm -hmm. a boring recap so if you need to get caught up in pinky blenders like i did that's a really good thing to watch you can find it on youtube um but yeah watch season five and then i'm almost i'm about to wrap up season six uh god damn that show has amongst the best cinematography and atmosphere that any show i've ever watched Um, it does and and a
1: phenomenal cast yeah absolutely the the cast cast. that it brings in like it's like Tom Hardy is going to be a Jewish butler uh, uh, sorry butcher it's like okay sure I'm with it Ani Taylor-Joy who is just on the cusp of like the biggest roles of her career she's going to pop in for a year as well Mm -hmm. I almost I almost don't like her role I guess she's She's just
2: to say what other people said about me. She's a very abrasive person in this show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that Nick was like, can I say the word? No, no, I can't say the word.
2: (laughs) Uh, But it's very she's very good in it. Uh, I just don't like her character at all. (laughs) She brings you no joy to say that. Nope. Nope. She doesn't. Nice pun. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be sad when season six wraps up just because it's it's one of those shows. The final one. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't looked because I just didn't want to feel like any finality <laughs> to it. <laughs> so uh, I can't spoil anything, but man, just the, the music and, and the uh, just the, the camera techniques that they use in the show. Well, that's a spinning. I feel like you would have a fun time breaking the show, that show down, Darren, for like just a cinematography
1: point of view. No, it is. It's a gorgeous show. I've only watched the first couple of seasons because I watched them with a partner way oh, back in the day. Oh, my goodness. We'll um, watch so the rest I of it. Up. Well, I, I, I would, but I am recapping six shows simultaneously. Uh, Wait, know, what's, what's one more? <laughs> uh, one more. Seven. Seven is one more, Love <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I love that next. like, let's just pop that on top there. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one more is like the line between life and death. I think that's what <laughs> it ultimately is. is like someone just dropping dead. bed. I yeah. watched Blackbird. What more do you want from me?
2: <laughs> well, now you got to watch Warrior and Peaky Blenders. <laughs> and C, because C. And C. C. Yeah, C. You still have to
0: watch Blonde. You know, we need your Blonde thoughts next week. I don't have time <laughs> for a three to, hour movie. I've got to watch seven other eight hour shows. <laughs>
2: No, I'm, I yeah, bro, I'm gonna I think I'm going
0: your What shitty EA game from 2009 are you playing? I'm playing now?
2: Devil May Cry 5 right now. Okay, it's a good game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're I really hate V, though. I hate playing his character.
0: This is a movie podcast. This
2: isn't a it's this fine. isn't a video it's game. It's fine. Podcast. I want one second to complain about V. I hate that he wears sandals. That's it.
0: Oh. Let, okay. let, let those little boys <laughs> breathe. Let those little piggies yeah. breathe.
2: I hate that Come he wears. Anyways, uh, now, like it's next, V for
1: next, with Nick here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> next on my list to uh, watch after Peaky Blinders, I think I might try Carnival Row from Amazon. Oh,
1: that's the Amazon one. Yeah, with Orlando, with, Bloom. Uh, Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. Yes. Delevingne?
2: Yeah, Cara yeah. Delevingne. Yeah. Delevingne. Yeah, I mean, it's like a steampunk like like mystery thriller, murder mystery thriller. Okay. So right. With magic and stuff like that. Um, but I've also been wanting to try uh, uh, the Golden Compass show on HBO. Uh, I thought you were going to say the Golden Girls. For no, second. no, no, like, <laughs> no. But yeah. somebody, Char- somebody, somebody we did. Jack and, uh, on for that episode. Jack loves the Golden <laughs> Girls. Somebody in chat did bring up um, Bad Sisters on Apple Plus, which actually looks really good. That I do want to watch. That's the Sharon Horgan show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And then uh, Charlie Hunnam has a new show launching in ten days on Apple Plus, okay. which looks like another really high-profile thriller show so i'm I'm gonna be checking that out
1: love that apple has quietly become like almost as good as hbo but nobody talks about them because they don't have any ip like every every i'm glad they don't have any ip like i don't i I know because you never get severance otherwise you never get c otherwise like the uh, the only reason that they're green lighting c is because it's like well we we only have foundation i guess ted lasso's their ip now because ted lasso's (laughs) in like the new fifa FIFA game so (laughs) Uh, uh, but it's but it's OK. They're not going to get season three for another five years. So yeah. it's fine. Well, you exactly. know,
2: we say we say nobody talks about it, but I'm always surprised that like on their on their Apple TV channel, like the new show from Charlie Hunnam is called Shantaram, Shin, And it has almost three million views on just the trailer, which Ooh, like good. I think I think they get a lot of like very quiet interest in their yeah. stuff.
1: Oh, my parents love Apple TV because it gives them the morning show. Um, <laughs> like that's basically got them for life. It's like Reese Witherspoon, um, Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell—that nice Billy Crudup man who had never did anything wrong in his personal life as long as you don't Google him. Um, yeah. And yes, Beatmaster says, "Don't forget all mankind." I I started
2: it a couple yes. times. I just haven't let it. Love for all get, mankind. I haven't <laughs> gotten hooked into it yet. I just need to sit down and really watch
1: it. it. I think. It's I I started watching it, and then the current TV season happened um, yes <laughs> i was literally like watching the third episode and nick's like so you're covering these shows right um uh,
2: <laughs> we're, we're almost done i I told you it's like i think it's a once in a decade lineup of shows that <laughs> just happened
1: this hair is like the moment that i finish recapping whatever the last of them to finish is i'm just going to disappear into dust
2: but i do think uh you know we've talked about having darren play video games I think definitely start him off with like immortality marty and then mm-hmm. have him play the last of us game right before the show comes out. Yeah? No, I think that's I think that's great. There you go. Cool. All right, we ready to get the super chats?
0: I'm ready. Okay. Super
2: Yep, cuz so we got to come back in an hour 20 for more Neo. Uh, CK Vega, welcome to credit. We only have three Welcome super chats. So if you are, if you enjoy the recap or any of our podcasts and want to support it, super chats and memberships and patrons are
0: the way to do that. And if you don't like it, you can super chat it and tell us to stop. And yes. we won't, but your super chats will be much appreciated. Also, if you are yeah. listening on audio platforms, Making money from
2: podcasts is hard, so Patreon is helpful. <laughs> Andrew, are,
1: do we have an audio platform for this? Not I'm yet. We will eventually. Oh, uh, okay, so, okay, okay, okay.
2: You know, when we upload all uh, oh, the episodes. So if you're in the
1: future, if you're archive-binging this. <laughs> yes.
2: And uh, Frost asks, what's the new dono goal? We don't have one yet. We are having a meeting about it today. Uh, Andrew Hickamadam donates five pounds. As being an ex-IGN staff member, I bet Marty has had way more mean comments than Nick. Maybe.
0: I have. Yeah. yeah I've, I mean, Dunkey, <laughs> you said Dunkey made a whole video about you. So it wasn't a whole video about me. I was a focal point in the video. And that's because I said that people wanted to have sex with Big the Cat, which I still stand by because he's <laughs> a cat and he's big. God, wait, I already brought this up on this show. Why do I keep bringing this up? <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Comments, they're, they're, everyone's fake. No one on the internet's real until, they come, to your house, a, until uh, they come to your house and kill you. I don't know. You I, were
1: the Christian Bale of that video, of that David O. Russell kind exactly. of like ensemble. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was talking to my roommate
2: <laughs> about mean comments last night and I just, I tend to just laugh at him now because I'm like, well, you're obviously getting banned, so I guess you got it out of your system. <laughs> so there you go, <laughs> yeah.
1: I love Nick as the internet's mom. It's like, you get one shot, you took <laughs> <Yeah>. it <anyway. laughs>
2: yeah, If you are gonna if you're gonna be mean to me, like, you should be real mean to me if you're gonna take your shot. Sinek Branislav donates 100 RSD it says Two hobbits standing on an exploding mountain.
0: Hey, it's fantasy, guys. Like, <laughs> it's like no, no, no. That's what they said. The lava um, just went around the rocks. <laughs> I think they said that's where. I think that came in when they were going to watch. When we said what we think the last um, yeah. image the show. Was <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's just the the, the stranger completely nude. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon just goes yeah. for it. Oh, they show everything.
1: Yeah. It's too late. I've yeah. seen everything. Um, <laughs> they're they're starting Patrick Stewart as Sauron. Apparently, I,
2: okay. I keep yeah, I keep being surprised by the amount of like actual like I don't know the, vicious, the viciousness week, of the yeah. combat. Was, yeah, like, yeah, especially um, there's uh, a lot of black blood. Yeah, well, I can't oh, yeah. I, I can't remember her story. name, but like literally a whole scene dedicated to pushing an arrow through her shoulder. Bronwyn,
0: yeah, Bronwyn, Bronwyn yeah. Which one, why do I remember all these people's names? I don't know, Marty. <laughs> There's a test later. Um, I already said I don't care about it. You, you secretly
2: do, and you just don't want the internet to know about it.
1: Yeah, if Nick, sorry, if, if Marty turns his camera like 30 degrees over, you'll see a board with a lot of red flying on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just assume everyone's going to be a ringwraith. Yeah. Bronwyn equals yeah. ringwraith. <laughs> Theo I, I Aaron Dor equals
1: Daddy crossed out. Um,
2: <laughs> I did. Yes, I did see a few people in chat agreeing with me that Theo is Aaron uh, Dor's Aaron Dor's son. So yes, Aaron
1: Dor is a pretty crappy dad.
2: Well,
0: yeah, he, him and <laughs> him and Broan can't be together because everybody hates them. <laughs> hey, you guys. Like, I think the sh- didn't the show clearly set up that he met her when she was yeah. a single mother.
2: As a misdirection, because the show likes their mystery boxes. Marty, get with it. I think that, that would be. just be a lie. I'm telling. <laughs> That's I'm, not even a misdirection. That's just a lie. I'm That's just a lie to the audience. It, but his ears are covered by his hair, and I will die on that hill.
0: My <laughs> ears are covered by my
1: hair. And my also, dad's not a cool elfman.
0: <laughs> I see your misdirection
1: it's like a misdirect to reveal the stranger is palpatine it's a- <laughs> somehow yeah that's how know. he ends up in Fortnite. he ends up in Fortnite on his way back <laughs> to like disney ip well that, um, that's where uh you know instead of uh
2: building the big fortress around mordor or whatever they do it's just going to be the disney castle <laughs> i can get behind that yep. yeah yeah that'd be a nice twist yeah, uh, Andrew Higginbottom. Donuts, no, two pounds. Says, "Have you seen? Stop, or my mom will shoot." Darren fucking okay, sliced alone.
1: Years ago, and my I've never had an urge to revisit it. It's probably yeah. the gentlest way of putting that. Um, I would have gone through like the big Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies when I was a teenager, and that one I remember being very excited about because it's a Stallone comedy, um, and I obviously hadn't hit Oscar yet, um, so I hadn't completely run aground of the idea of Sylvester Stallone a comedy. But yeah, I was not a huge fan of it, despite the premise being very 80s and very fun. Yeah, um, he's, uh, he teamed up with Estelle Getty from the Golden Girls. Yeah. I mean, it's all pointing in one direction, Nick.
0: Ew. Thank you for being a friend, Nick. You. <laughs> one Direction band.
2: Is that? Is that the pun? Is that the pun you're making?
1: No, no, no. I was more saying that everything leads back to the Golden Girls.
2: Yeah. Oh, fun. I, I, I missed that. I haven't seen the what Golden Girls. What do you Girls. think
0: he was going to do a One Direction? Are any of us capable of a One I Direction pun? Probably not. Under, <laughs> other than Harry Styles? That's yeah, the only I mean, thing I know about
1: One Direction. <laughs> no, that's what I find that can be a bit of a Liam Payne. Um, you know. Is that another man <laughs> there? I don't know, was it, that a pun? You have to be, you know, insane to go for it really. My sister was Oh, I know Zane because he I did think. a song. I know Zane because he did a song with Taylor Swift. He also left the band early and has never been forgiven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he got never. to do a song with Taylor Swift, so good for him. And it was on the soundtrack of for 50 shades of gray part 2. Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Didn't
2: watch those movies either.
0: Oh, you I think, it out, dude. I don't think I was missing. It's a, it's a ton of uh, of really awkward sex between two people who <laughs> have no chemistry together. <laughs> I I almost
2: I you know speaking speak of like misdirection, I almost convinced Jack to look up orc massage yesterday. And Did he not? Uh, well, he, you know, I I thought about after I almost convinced him to do it. I was like, oh wait. His kids come into his office a lot. I was like, well, just make sure your kids aren't around. And then he got it real quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Last super chat is from Mason. Daniel. Donates $5 says Marty. You can kissing a relative as long as there are dragons. This is a great podcast. I love
0: broadcast. I love this cast. Also, this is my third edit to get it through. I think I'm not saying you can kiss your relatives as long as there's dragons. But I think things, you, if you did. buy into a show that has fucking dragons and magic. You got to buy into the whole fiction of the world. And in this world, these families, this family is allowed to just fuck each other. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not doing it.
1: I'm not a Targaryen. Look at this hair. Love, I, just a Targaryen to you i love marty's like i'm not saying it's right but i'm also not saying it's wrong <laughs> in that world it's not <laughs> it happens yeah, they, on driftmark days.
2: on driftmark, yeah. they keep right? justifying by having a pure bloodline even though like i guess later on in science we understand why that's a bad idea <laughs>
0: me wrong (laughs) show me an example in real life of inbreeding that has Uh, gone wrong and don't use any royal family all (laughs) of okay i was gonna say hemophilia like that's pretty much it right
1: (laughs) (laughs) the entire concept of hemophilia yeah yeah
2: (laughs) do the dragons
1: do incest (laughs) they do aren't they meant to be get weaker towards the end am i misremembering yeah (laughs) (laughs) by the end they're just like Tiny, yeah. and feeble. Yeah. Yeah, in their conversation early in Game of Thrones, so they talk about like by the end <laughs> of the dynasty.
0: Yeah, also, if, Game of Thrones, hundred percent. If you rewatch it, uh, there's a scene with Joffrey explaining something to Marjorie, and he just spoils, spoils the ending of this. Spoils show, the yeah. end of House the Dragon. It's very funny.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and also, Frost said Johnny Knoxville. That, that's that's what happens. He's he's the true heir of the Targaryens.
0: What? Okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna say from Embry. John Knoxville's great though. He's really handsome. Yeah, he has silver hair. I think he's really charming. <laughs> he, he,
1: I'm, I'm guessing he's pretty durable as well. Like given everything that he's been. Like I Man I mean, definitely does not have hemophilia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did you guys Did you guys watch the newest Jackass movie?
1: It yes, I <laughs> right, reviewed it for us. I,
0: I, oh, yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting the start of that movie to start the way it did.
0: Oh, with Godzilla. Dick, Dickzilla. <laughs> yeah. I thought the movie it's,
1: was like surprisingly sweet. <laughs> that's, that's the weird, that's the weirdest thing about like i'm talking to middle-aged people who have seen the movie like grannies and stuff and they're like that's very sweet yeah, yeah. it's great that most of them are still together after all this time yeah they <laughs> oh, love each other so bam. much <laughs> poor bam <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm happened
0: not bam. each other yet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh All right. On that very strange note and that very long episode, uh, that was the recap episode number seven. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Darren, where can folks find you? What can folks uh, check out? What do you have uh, coming up?
1: Uh, I'm at Darren underscore Mooney on Twitter. I'm obviously also at the site recapping apparently everything. Uh, But I also do uh, In the Frame, which is our Monday, Friday, uh, calm, looking entertainment. So yesterday I looked at Blondie and, sorry, Blonde, and the end of the Netflix uh, (laughs) Autour movie. At the end of the week, I'll be looking at the new Star Trek episode, Lower Decks Mm -hmm. episode this week, which I quite liked. Um, and obviously i also do videos as well um this week uh, omar edited a really wonderful video uh i'm saying that because of the work omar did not because of the work i did but looking at uh the role of writers uh in the streaming age and how kind of complicated that is and how maybe some of the issues that we're seeing with a lot of franchise media is down to issues around how we've changed how we approach writers uh, on television and the impact of that downstream um yeah so that that's what i'm doing at the moment no, Darren, Excellent. it's because yeah, of I just woke. dropped that video in the
0: chat. Everyone check it out. Also, you all have a video review of uh,
1: werewolf by night. Soon. And I, yes, should be arriving on Thursday yeah. as soon as the embargo ends, which is like 5 p.m. at Irish time, which I'm guessing is like 9 a.m. It's like an hour later than my in the frames are. When, does it come out on Thursday or Friday? Do you know like when it releases? Oh, it releases, I think, on Friday the 7th. So okay. it's coming out on Thursday the 6th. So they're a little oh. confident about it. They're giving it a bit of room to breathe, which is good because they should because I can share social sentiment and I like it. Um I like it's always curious like what's the difference between social sentiment and a full review? Like yeah, I like it.
0: Yeah, I I always find that weird. I guess they just want to be able to hit two kind of beats of like oh yeah. okay, this day everyone's talking about it and then this day all the actual videos Reviews and articles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Nick, uh yeah, I'll be back in uh, 1 hour with Marty to continue my playthrough of Neo uh don't uh today on the channel there's quite a bit of stuff going up today because of course we have this podcast and we have uh the editor's hour but before this we had a preview for uh Ravenbound go up which is like an open world roguelike from frost really fun preview go watch it uh and then uh at 2 p.m we will have our review from kc on overwatch's two overwatch 2's pvp mode because uh, that embargo is dropping today and it goes free to play today and then, uh, yeah, the rest of this week, all the normal content. Besides, there will be no co-op stream on Friday. Although I kind of want to play more grounded. I really enjoyed it, so maybe I'll bring somebody else on to continue playing it with me. Just because it's a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll have a uh, community game night on Saturday. So uh, be on the lookout today for a post on Patreon. If you are a Patreon member at the fifteen dollar tier, to help us choose what we're playing this weekend. And then, uh, oh. Is that anything any going to be spooky? Uh, it it could be. Um, kind of depends on spooky community games. I you know, I don't know. I, I kind of need to research that a little bit. I mean, could always do like Among Us or something like that. But, um, anyways, uh, so maybe we'll we'll ask some
0: people during the stream later today. If and then, uh,
2: yeah, for members on Saturday, the premiere of Adventure is nice side quest. So if you are a $2 member across Patreon or YouTube, you'll be getting early access to that this weekend. And if you're not a member, you should sign up for it. We're putting a lot of work into these things, and it is fun. So make sure to check it out.
0: Uh, Agreed. Uh, Awesome. Yeah. All that stuff. Whatever. (laughs) All that other bullshit. Just watch everything. Watch watch 12 (laughs) post CP tomorrow. Watch watch breakout tomorrow night. Uh, Oh, it'll be an hour earlier tomorrow uh 6 p.m central breakout because at 8 p.m central is going to be the premiere of uh get jesse to the greek yes which is the new streaming series with jesse and casey where they play god of war um yeah other than that not uh, in fact
1: getting russell brand to a concert on time
0: uh that's our series for the finale we're gonna have we're gonna try to get russell brand but it's probably just gonna be like a a a local uh, community theater actor who kind of looks like russell brand (laughs) yeah so. if you can do a british accent that's all it really takes yeah exactly um, it will be fine yeah as long as he's like tattooed all the way up to the neck it'll be fine yeah um yeah for darren and nick thank you guys so much for watching this is the recap episode number seven and uh yeah we'll see you guys uh back here next week at the same time and then we'll see you guys in an hour for Neo. bye, bye everybody bye.